This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. X out, go listen to some boring podcast where they're, where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay? Don't listen to Joe Lanza. Because Joe Lanza's not changing. And Rich Craig. <laughs> Give me a name. I like him. Who delivers <laughs> this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. I like in, the, in the big spot, who delivers better than this guy? <laughs> Stop yelling at me. I agree. We are live and you are listening to best wrestling podcast on the planet i of course am the most compelling voice in wrestling media joe lanza and yes i did say we are live um this man is no longer bouncing around the oregon trail or whatever the fuck rich Krejci is here uh he did come to work this week so uh how you doing rich doing go doing well i did i did i many times i was around the oregon trail i even stopped at the lewis and clark uh there's uh, a bunch of lewis and clark shit all over the place there so yeah was I was palling around the Oregon Trail a bit, so you're, you're correct. You're correct. Usually, you're 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 very off. You salmon mountains, you salmon forests, and I was in a fair share of mountains, and I was in a fair share of forests. But yeah, this time you you nailed it with the the Oregon Trail thing. So, I um, did you play Oregon Trail on like a Commodore oh, yeah. sixty yeah. four? So I didn't play it on a Commodore sixty four. I played it on, and like everybody of my age group all played it on the exact same computer because like our schools had just horrendous computers. When we were growing up, like just awful, awful computers, probably not much better than a Commodore 64, even though like and at this point we're talking like 1998, like computers were OK, you know, by 1998. But our schools had the worst computers. And yeah, the only games you could play were uh, uh, Ski Run or whatever the skiing game was. Uh, there was some like I, I think you were supposed to learn math from it or something like that. There was some other weird math crunchers, math munchers or something like that. And then Oregon Trail was all they could really do. So um, was it the Chris Harrington Apple II? It was not the Apple II. No, it was slightly above the Apple II. I, I, that guy's a magician with the Apple II. Have you seen some of the stuff that Chris Harrington can do on there? Yes. He's, this guy's supposed to be crunching numbers for the number two wrestling company in the world. And he's over there, you know, making, you know, a Cody Rhodes image on an Apple II. You know what I mean? It's just like, I love it. It's so great. I think he's, I think he's doing AEW stuff on the Apple II. He writes his own code. I would love that, yeah, where someone asks for it. And it prints out on, like, the old dot matrix printer. You know, it's like, <laughs> 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 They're like, all right, Chris, like. How long is yes. this going to take? He's like, one moment. <laughs> like, what are the quarter hours? I'll go, one sec, it's coming, it's coming. He's got to, you know, rip off the sides. You know, they all had the dotted sides or whatever, yes. the perforated sides. Rip it off. Here you go. <laughs> Here's our quarter hours. Like, you know. I uh, Go to the copier to make other copies of this because I can only print out one. It's going to take too long. I had someone send me a text message um, during one of those many weeks that you were away. And. They were like, is this guy ever going to do the show? Like, is he ever coming back? I'm like, I don't, I'm like. So we're trying to swoop in and take it? No. Oh, I said, I, was say they can I have said, it if they want it. I said, I have no idea. Guy doesn't communicate with me. He's in the woods somewhere. I don't that have no idea. So so that I'm, is so untrue. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to keep doing it. I over communicate. goes back you. up. But anyway, yeah. Hold on a second. I had no clue you were gone for the second show. I didn't. I, oh, I, I didn't. all right. All right. That's fair. That's fair. I probably didn't. Communicate I had that no very clue well. you weren't going to be there for the second show. <laughs> okay, so don't lie to these listeners. Okay. <laughs> no clue. I, I, that third, I woke up that Thursday 
not knowing you weren't going to be there for the second show. Don't lie to these people. Okay. <laughs> that might be true. That might be true. So then I had to haphazardly throw together a show format and put something together and be clever about it. And, uh, and do my fake listener questions, which were all very funny, loaded with inside jokes, by the way. If anyone picked up on every inside joke that that segment was loaded with, congrats to you. I don't think there's anyone on the planet who picked up on all of them. But anyway. That would have to be, guy, yeah, you got to think of, like, who would be that person? I mean, they have to be friends with you, probably, personally, right, in, in some ways. I, I loaded them up. But the point here is you're Rob Stryker is the only guy who, even in the universe, could maybe do them all. He, so. he wouldn't get all those inside jokes either. A lot of them are, are voice wrestling specific and are Slack chat specific. They, I went deep with some of these. But anyway, point here is you're off in the woods. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I get a text The second message. week I was in the coast, to be fair. So. And, 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 and this person's like, is he ever coming back? I'm like, I have no clue. I, I legitimately do not know. I just... Come to work every day. Do what I got to do. I <laughs> Hard do hat, 19- lunch pail, Joe Lance. <laughs> yeah. I do my 19 podcasts a day, and if I got to do the, the, the flagship, I do it. Uh, they, they both went out maybe like an hour late each Friday. Uh, what do you put them up, like noon? Uh, a little, Usually a little earlier, 10 a.m., 11 a.m., somewhere around there. Yeah, they went up like 1 in the afternoon on Friday, so I got the job done. I got them up. Andrew Rich, tremendous job, the producer. Um uh, you know, he'll get a little extra taste this month. He'll get a little extra taste. He did a lot of extra work uh, while you're off, uh, you know, hiding with fucking Sasquatch in the Pacific Northwest. So anyway, I, I, I told this person, I said, look, I have no I have no clue. I really don't know whether he's coming back or not. This could be it. So then he follows up with, where'd this guy go? And I was like, again, I have a general idea. I think he's like in fucking Washington State or something. I don't know. Maybe Idaho. Who knows? Somewhere over there in the... The fucking the left hand upper left hand corner of the forty eight. That's where he is, and and then the guy the guy says to me, "This is gonna make you angry, probably." He goes, "This guy constantly takes vacations, and then he posts the pictures, and it looks like he's in the same place every time. Like why he the pictures always look exactly the same." <laughs> With this guy. And I'm like, I don't necessarily disagree. <laughs> How do you not? Okay. One second. No, hold on a minute. Hold on. Yeah, right. I am. I posted like the coat. Like I am on a beach. I'm on the Brian Alvarez territory at Cannon Beach in Oregon. How is that in any way similar to my death valley? You made fun of me for going to a desert. Correct? I did. There was hold an on. entire show where you made fun of me for going to a desert, right? I'll read it to you verbatim. <laughs> so you can't, you can't make fun of me for going to a desert. And then when making... I post a picture of a shoreline and a coast in the ocean and say, oh, all these pictures look the same. Listen, I'm telling you what this person told me. Well, I, you know, I, gonna... I, I think I need, you know. Hold on. Well, hold on. Do, I, 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 do I know this person? He also said the vacations are ill-timed, which, again, I can't necessarily disagree with. <laughs> I can't disagree with that either. I, for the record, I we do these a year in advance. We time these, and they always find a way. The, one, the, the egregious one was the WrestleMania weekend. I get that. That was not, you know, that, 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 that one was an all-time bad one. But most times, it's like we do it a year in advance, and, like, I'm not, you know, there's G, if, I, if I took a vacation normally in an October, it wouldn't matter. But then, like, the G1 gets moved to October because of the Olympics. And then, oh, wait, you know, 2020, you know, okay, we had COVID and all that sort of stuff. I decided, hey, I'll take a late vacation. I'll take one later in the year. Go And that, that's fine. It makes sense because it's, like, whatever. And that was because of the original scheduling of the Olympics pushed the G1 to the fall. So then the Olympics, because of COVID, get pushed again in 2020. Like, you know, I can't. I can't control that. Normally, the first week of the, the first week of October, the last week of September is pretty clean, right? I must just know there's a G1 going to happen in the fall. You know, 
playing these things a year out of advance, so I can't do that. The WrestleMania weekend one, you got me on that one. That that I have no retort to. Is this rich guy on vacation again? He posted a picture of him out in the woods. Guy is something else. He goes on all of these vacations, and all of the pictures are just him in the woods. That's what it says. Wow, man. I listen. I'm just reading it verbatim. <laughs> I mean, and then I'm like, and I just don't. I don't really respond much. I'm like, I just say, yeah, he's on vacation again. And then, do I know this person? Guy, do I know this and person? Then the, then the I, I am not at liberty. <laughs> and then the guy, and then. The, and then, and then the guy's just going on and on about how why does he go on all these vacations and it looks and, and it always looks. Well, where exactly does this asshole go on like, vacation then? All right, where's his, where does he go on vacation? Let's let's talk shit about his vacations. Maybe he'll hear this and he'll yeah. respond. I don't know. Sorry, I don't I, go to Cancun, pal. All right, sorry, I can't afford yeah. it. Can't afford. I don't. I don't know that. Try to go to this, Hawaii, but you know I'm a nice guy, and I thought, hey, a lot of COVID in Hawaii right now. I'm not going to go to Hawaii anymore. This person had questions. I didn't have answers. I don't have the answers. I don't know why he's asking me. Well, tell him to text me and we'll talk it out. Yeah, I'm not the one in the woods. You got to ask the guy <laughs> that's in the woods. You know what I, I mean? Like, I, can't, I got made fun of for doing a vacation in a desert. And now I'm in the woods and it's always the same. You know, I, 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 you can't win with these people. You can't win. Guy, this wasn't me. This was the, te- the mystery <laughs> texter. I feel like this is you projecting this mystery texter. I will. You want me to screenshot this? <laughs> no, okay, no, uh, no. It's fine. To prove my innocence, I just I read you the text. No, that, that it's not your verbiage. It's not your. Um... It kind of is, but it it wasn't me though. Like I can I can <laughs> screenshot the conversation. Did we? Did I mention this human before on the show? I don't know. I listen. I'm not at liberty to say. All I know mm. is people are talking. <laughs> I mean, it, it's you know, it's. Uh, I don't know. I'm just you know. It's, a lot of people are saying things. A lot of people are saying the classic. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, a lot of people are telling me that this is the case. So, right. Um, you know, I'm sorry. Uh, I guess I don't know. Am I apologizing? I don't know. What What am I doing here? I don't think it's cause for an apology. I just think the this. I'm just saying the listeners are talking. There's people out there that are that there's at least one person out there who's like, <laughs> "Where's this guy going? Like, does he go to he he? The person asked me, "Does he go to the same place every time?" And I did say <laughs> no. I said no. Like, Thank you're, you. You're, Thank you're you. mad at me, but I said no. It's a different – he's in the Oregon whatever this time. Last time he was in fucking Iceland or whatever the fuck. Another <laughs> that was, time that was two was, years ago, but yeah. Anyway. Yeah, another time he's in fucking Death Valley. It's not – It's not. I said it's not the same place every time. And the guy was just like, oh, all right. This looks like he goes to the same place every time. I'm like, well, I, I don't know what to tell you. This man does not, <laughs> this man does not appreciate nature. I, I, I take it. And then I think the, the conversation ended when I was like – Listen, I got to do – I have to do G1 Audio, a Thursday TV reviews, and a flagship today. So are we done here because I'm a very busy man. And then and then that's where it ended. So, I, you know, I'll show you the screenshots. <laughs> it's fine. It's, so I just, opened, bit... <laughs> I just opened Google Photos. Uh, I don't know if you use Google Photos at all. Uh, but they have, like, things that will give you, like, little highlight packages or, like, it'll be, like, dogs. Rich, I don't, or... rich, 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 rich. I don't take pictures unless someone's naked. I mean, let's be <laughs> okay, so <laughs> Google okay, Photos so no, does not. not. Yeah, they probably don't make a collection for you. Uh, but I just thought it was hilarious that I opened Google Photos to try to look at my photos to say, ah, do they look the same or do they look like I'm at the same place? And the first collection, I'm not kidding you, that comes up is me in the woods and the title of the collection is, quote, yeah. In the woods. Yeah. <laughs> you're like KTB. You're constantly in the woods. <laughs> it just says in the woods. 
You can't deny that on every one of these trips, at some point, you're in a forest. Uh, okay, so th- uh, th- this this one is taking me to Olympic National Forest, which I did go to, and that was in Washington. That was in 2019, May of 2019, so that's fair. Um, I guess Yosemite National Park has some... I mean, there's trees places. I don't know what to tell you guys. There's trees at places. Like, what do you want me to do? Sequoia National Park has trees. It did have trees. They're all burnt down now. But it had trees when I went there. Yeah. You know, somebody has trees. Like, places have trees. I don't know. What to, except for Death Valley, which had no trees, but I got made fun of for going oh, to Death Valley, too. You're, so. getting, you're getting wound up. I told the guy <laughs> that it wasn't the same places every Fuck time. this guy. I I'd said that. Is I'd he a patron? Not... Is he a $10 patron or what? Again, I'm... Oh, there's a, there's there's many of them. I would never be able to guess who it was based off that. Listen, small I'm, fact. I, I, listen, here's the thing. Just like when Johnny Sack wouldn't tell Tony Soprano that it was Paulie Walnuts who told him about the joke about his wife. I'm not telling you who this man. I can't give up this this source. I I, I feel like I'd be breaking a confidence. If I, uh, I don't know if this man wants, wants you to, cause why wouldn't he text you and ask you about me? If he wanted to, mm. he wanted you oh, to know so it's the person who would have my number then. I don't know. Oh. I don't know who's got your number and who doesn't. Ooh. Okay. Okay. So, but it's know, not unrealistic that this person would have my number. I don't, I don't think this guy has your number, but <laughs> okay. the, I, I can't, I can't give it up. You know, I, I don't know, but, uh, I don't think it was necessarily malicious. He just had questions. Okay. You know I'm going to toss and turn all night trying to think of who this is. Well, I mean, you are an anxious millennial. <laughs> I am very anxious about this now. See, I wouldn't think about this again ever. Yeah, you, you would never. In five minutes, you're never going to – you're not even going to remember that you told me this story. I am gonna, This is going to stick with me for weeks. I'm going to record that vacation uh, here on pa- patreon.com slash yeah. Voices Wrestling as well, and I'm probably going to bury that person that I don't even know. Yeah. Maybe I know. <laughs> Potentially know. Absolutely, they're going to get buried right at the beginning. Of the show. I, yeah, I was just like, oh, fuck that guy. And I'd never think about it again. <laughs> I said fuck that guy, but I'm absolutely, he is, he's rent-free in my head for, for weeks now at this point. So, congratulations. People, people tell me I should die daily on Twitter. And I'm just like, ah, <laughs> fuck that guy. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> you know, it's good to want, I guess. I don't know what to tell you. Um, I'm, I'm as healthy as an ox. Um, yeah, so. Speaking of Oregon Trail, the ox, yeah. What? Nah, you don't remember the ox, the oxen from uh, Oregon Trail? Paul Bunyan? No. With his ox, what was the ox's name? Blue or something like that? I do not. I don't know if I remember Paul Bunyan's ox's name. Blue was also the old guy from Old School. Did you see the? Yes, old I have seen the, the movie Old School. <laughs> You're my boy, Blue. Yes. Right? Yes, Eddie. Yeah. Uh, which actually kind of leads into weirdly into our 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 uh, our, our first topic. Where we were going to start out here. Uh, quick little banter about uh, NXT 2.0. Uh, I could definitely see somebody using an, uh, something from old school to try to appeal to the young viewers on this NXT uh, 2.0, which is just we're we're now a couple weeks into this thing. This show is wild. It's so weird. It's not fun. Weird. Remember how it was fun? Weird. The first episode. Yes. That's done. No, it just sucks. <laughs> it just sucks, and it's weird, and it makes no sense, and it's bad, and it just sucks now. So it's it's officially Rainbow Raw. So congratulations to uh, NXT 2.0. Uh, it has Wally doing the entrance music, but otherwise it is Rainbow Raw. So yeah, it, 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 that first episode was a little different than everything else. And we warned it, people. It, Remember on that show, we said j- most of these Vince McMahon things, like that first episode, is always like, oh wow, hey, whoa, there's some stuff here, and usually fresh. usually it doesn't take long. 
I think two weeks is probably record time for it to absolutely just already feel just like every other show. But uh, yeah, that is it, it's been quite a remarkable turnaround for NXT 2.0. This is NXT 2.0 is NXT with better lighting and wrestlers that stink. Yes, That's it's NXT it with worse wrestling. Yeah, it's basically. Yeah. And, and good lighting and yeah. they turn the lights on that that's what it is now and the attempt at more horniness there is definitely there is certainly an attempt at more horniness than the original nxt oh well i mean you know dexter loomis's 10 inch cock is that what cock, you're referring indie, to banging all yeah I, I i wore him out she's got rubber legs um that was that was quite the segment there uh good for them yeah. though good for those newlyweds i think that's so. bonus content on the dot com but your point is taken anyway. oh was that oh was that interview bonus oh that was yeah you're right that was bonus well they did in commentary they did say that she was she was struggling in the ring because she, she her legs weren't under her i forget exactly what their term yes. was but it was something of she's been fucking a lot so she doesn't have a lot of energy right right was the, was then, the implication then she said uh dexter loomis wasn't there because she fucked him so much that he was too tired to get out of bed so there's that, yeah, there's that. We're not making any of this up. No, that's all real, that's all real. This is all canon on NXT <laughs> 2.0. I woke up this morning uh, and saw your, because I watched NXT this morning, and I, I, I saw your tweet about Duke Hudson. <laughs> I swore yeah. you were making this up. I was like, what is he talking about? And you're like, oh, Duke Hudson plays poker now to try to, uh, you know, strike it on the, the hot you know, World Series of Poker, which nobody has thought about. Nobody has watched any poker on TV in, like, what, 14 years minimum? 14 years since the last time anybody sat down and went, all right, poker on my television. Let's go. Let's watch this. When did the World Series of Poker peak on TV? 2004? I was going to say, yeah, somewhere around that 2002 to 2004 because that's when it peaked in, like, society. And, like, any time I went to a friend's house, we had to play poker. Every college yeah. party, we played poker. It was just like, all right, I, guys, I get it. <laughs> like, we're done. Yeah. And then and then one day, everybody just stopped, and nobody played poker ever again. All the, I don't and know then, what happened. All those briefcases yeah. full of, of chips that all my friends had. No, nobody's talked about it. Yeah. Nobody's mentioned it since then. Yeah, yeah. Everyone had a friend, too, who thought they were Amarillo Slim. <laughs> oh, yeah. I had, a, I had the one guy. I had a friend who just, like, quit his job and was just playing online all the time. And I'm like, oh, are you making money on that? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm making good money. And then one day... He's just back to his normal job. Hey, how's the poker thing? Hey. It's like, okay, you weren't yeah. making any money. That's, that's fine. Yeah. yeah, they all thought they were the next Johnny Moss. Everyone had a friend like that, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, but that, that that's the hot new gimmick for, uh, what's his name, Dakota Hudson? Uh, <laughs> Duke, Duke Hudson. Hudson. Duke Hudson, yeah. Who's Dakota Hudson? That's a pitcher for the uh, – that was a pitcher for the Dakota Cardinals. Dakota Hudson. I don't know if I remember uh, Dakota Hudson. Yeah, he's not a Major League Baseball uh, hurler. Oh, right? my God. He's a fucking Cardinal. Of course he is. He's probably going to be great. Uh, he's probably going to help them win the World Series this year because it's a white guy that I've never heard of. So, of course, he plays for the Cardinals, and, of course, he'll be a key cog in their uh, uh, in their World Series championship. So, perfect. One-nothing one cards in this Yeah, of course. Card. Oh, no, I know. Yeah, of course. I didn't, I'm not even watching it because I already know they're going to win. The devil magic is in full force. Yeah, we all some we all fucking know. Harrison Bader is gonna hit some fucking yes. home hit a solo home run. They're gonna win one to zero. Yeah, I don't even I don't even bother. Don't even bother. Yeah, they, they scored on a wild pitch. Of course, so, of course, yeah. perfect, perfect. They're, they're gonna beat Scherzer. I mean, why wouldn't they? Um, yeah, but no, yeah, the hot uh, poker trip that hasn't been hot literally for like all like like you're saying sixteen seventeen. Yeah, I'm thinking like Chris Moneymaker, Greg Rayner, Raymer. What was his name? Raymer, Greg Raymer, I think was it. The Fossil uh, Man. That was Fossil Man. <laughs> Fossil Man, Phil Ivy. He, he had a falling out though. He started his own like rival poker Phil, league, right? 
Phil Ivey, the Tiger Woods of poker. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. He, I, I remember there was a falling out and he started it because then like one time randomly he was on like FS1. That's <laughs> some other weird poker well, thing. They, yeah, they all played all the tournaments, but the, the World Series was the big one, you know, at the Binion's Horseshoe in, in Vegas or whatever. But uh, but yeah, no, that that's that's the gimmick this man has. <laughs> yeah, and not, if people like, so when I thought like, so I kind of thought like, ah, all right, well, he's just like a guy who comes out with cards and he's like, ah, I play the card. But like, I watched that scene, he's literally at a card table and he's just like, hey, hey, hit me, hit me. Yeah. With his Australian accent. It's so bad. Show me the flop. Show yeah, me the show flop. Me. <laughs> I said me hit me. Flop. That's obviously not what you would do in poker. You don't but, know. But... No. Rich wasn't the, Rich wasn't the guy who thought he was Amarillo. No, no, I said you guys are stupid. I just went and played Madden on TV or whatever. So that's what I did. I was like, Rich you guys are guy. dumb. You guys are nerds. I'm gonna go play Madden. So uh... Rich was the friend who couldn't figure out how to deal, and you'd have to skip him. And when it, when it was his turn to deal, that I did. Yeah, I was not very good at dealing. Um, what I was very good at though is I would get in trouble for my friends because they I, apparently there's like rules about how you play poker and how you're supposed to like, you know, um, I, I guess sort of. Sort of insinuate or fold in certain you know what i mean there's like certain it's i think it's a little bit more in blackjack right that like there's certain like unwritten rules about how when you you know when you hit when you when you hold and all that sort of stuff why well, would Rich, hold it like hold on, I, have a, go ahead, go ahead. I have a question have you ever played poker <laughs> one time in 2004 this, no i, I like, have i have no idea what you're talking about you keep like mixing up yeah i i again i don't gamble and last time i gambled was probably 2005 so other than sports betting which i'm also terrible at so you were you were just you're mixing up blackjack and I, I really am yeah I think you're tossing in a little baccarat you're just all <laughs> a over the place. a little Mississippi stud yeah I got it all I got them all tangled up here so you're a big Omaha player <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah 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 um I do have a buddy who's a big uh, Mississippi stud fan I believe so Mississippi stud okay all right you know which I always every time I hear Mississippi stud I just I just immediately think of Tennessee stud <laughs> so I just, you have to yeah. yeah like the entire time I'm just thinking of. Yeah, the Fullers, absolutely. <laughs> you gotta. And his uh, his hit novel Brutus about the the fucking tiger in the Appalachia. Did you have you checked out the Brutus by uh, Ron Fuller? Uh, you know I don't think I have. He wrote a novel called Brutus. Oh, okay. Oh, is and this like a, a nonfiction novel or is this like a fictional novel? A, I can't. It's all over our Twitter feed. We follow the man. He follows us back. <laughs> he, Uh-oh. he 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 might be listening. Um. He wrote a novel okay. called, Bru- called Brutus, and it's not about beefcake. It's not about Brutus beefcake. It's about a tiger that gets loose from a zoo <laughs> and then terrorizes the people of, of the fucking hill country, wherever he's from. Okay, that sounds pretty fun, actually. The, the Smoky Mountains, I think. And he he, he, he says it's in the same vein. It's, it's Jaws <laughs> in the Smoky Mountains is how he markets this Brutus okay. novel. Um yeah, Ron Fuller. Yeah, wrote a book called Brutus. I, I've almost pulled the trigger a couple of times on the Brutus. Can't, I mean, this he 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 was good at you know booking wrestling. I could see him booking a, a, a what's this thing? A tiger? You said it's a tiger. Yeah, it's a tiger. I, see, I could see him booking a tiger eating I'm all sure the hill got, people. Yeah, I'm sure, he's got the links all over his Twitter. I mean, yeah, I'm looking at him now. Yeah, he's got it in the in the. Yeah, he's he's surprisingly pretty good at Twitter for being. <laughs> I, pretty Ron old. Fuller, I mean, yeah. he's an older he's an older guy, but he's good on Twitter. He, he knows what I've, he's doing. I've listened to his podcast a couple times. He has an incredible memory for shit that happened in like 1972. Also, like Eric Bischoff can't remember what happened in 2000, and he just makes things up or just fills in the gaps with nonsense. <laughs> with Meltzer, with Meltzer bashing, yeah, yeah. This guy remembers like specific angles and 
who they ripped off by selling the territory to some sucker in like 19. Like he has an incredible, like he's, he's sharp as attack. I don't know how old he is. He's got to be pushing 80. Both of them do, right? Well, maybe Ron Fuller is a little young. Isn't Ron's the younger one, right? The big dick one? Uh, well, Colonel man. Rob. No, Colonel Rob, Rob. You're thinking of Rob Fuller's the big dick one, right? We, we do this all the time. Colonel Rob Parker is the one with the big wang. Yes, he, yes. He, I think he's the younger one. Ron so Ron Fuller, Fuller is 73 years old. Ron okay. Fuller is 73 years old. Rob Fuller, the one with the gigantic dick, he is... Um, the big hog, yeah. And we don't know. I mean, to be fair, we don't know how big... Uh, we know it's a big hog. No, no, I mean, no, I mean, Ron Fuller's hog. Oh, he could have a big hog. That's too, we mean. always immediately go, oh, Robert Fuller, he's the one with a big dick, but like, we don't know that, that you know what I mean? Like, that's like seven foot tall. I'm sure he's not, yeah, right. I'm sure he's doing okay. So, we gotta, we gotta at least address that. The, we, Rich, Rich, he's the Tennessee stud, <laughs> exactly. Be. I was gonna mad, yeah. <clears throat> so, they're one year apart. Rob Fuller, the one with the giant dick, he is 72 years old, yeah, okay. All right, so they're about the same age. And for people that don't but, know, uh, Rob Fuller is is Colonel Robert Parker, Tennessee Lee, that 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 one. Yeah, I just said that. Okay, I'm just making sure. Yeah, because we always yeah. just we always just reference them by one who has big dick and one who doesn't. So didn't he pipe down Sherry Martel? Right. I think he did. Yeah, as he should have. Well, they, well, he did in the storyline for sure. Because yeah, game. that was a very long storyline. That storyline went on for like two years. But yeah, I'm pretty sure he did it in real life too, right? I forget if that was one of those like message board rumor things or an actual thing that happened, but I, I you know, hey, you know, Sherry's a, a, a fine-looking woman, and Rob Fuller's a man with a gigantic dick. I, you know, yeah, why not? Why not? You know, Rich is working blue today. Rich is working blue today. Usually, it's me working blue. Rich is uh, is working blue in the first hour. I, you know, I don't mind it. I'm just saying, hey, if Indy Hartwell and, and Dexter Loomis want to bang, and, and Rob Fuller and Sherry want to bang, that's fine. You know what? NX, Go for it. NXT 2.0 works blue. So they do. You got Mandy Rose, whose gimmick is hot. <laughs> I guess is is the gimmick that yeah, yeah. she is hot. Here you are. Which I'm mean, honestly not the worst gimmick for Mandy Rose. So go for I it. Mean, you know, if the if the if the if, if the, the shoe, shoe fits, fits, yeah, which, yeah. Which you is know, the you know, which is good because the, the Triple H's NXT very often found women and made them less hot, even though they were hot. So that's sure. good. I, I enjoy I enjoy this new direction there where um, uh, people can just be hot. But uh, yeah, that was. Um, Poker player, yeah, do cuts in the know. poker player. <laughs> Show me the flop, mate. And what, like, and it was so weird too. He was in this like it's it's WWE production is unlike anything else. It looks there's no other show that looks like WWE shows do. You know what I mean? The background is just this black abyss of nothing, yeah. which is clearly just like the back of you know. The, yeah. It's just a, a room backstage with curtains up or whatever. Yeah. It's got the weirdest lighting ever. It's so bright. The green on this poker table, Joe, is so bright. Where do they find these? Oh. And he's just there. He's just like a one man playing poker, like right. What's the river card? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, who is the uh, commentator? We need. They need to bring him in. The. Uh, Chad, whatever the fuck his name was. A little chubby guy, a little mustache. He was like the World Series of Poker commentator guy. It's time for Fifth Street. Um, <laughs> it sounds like... The best part about it, too, is it just sounded like sound bites from, like... If you just played an Australian-made poker game, like a computer game... Like, say, say like, a 1997... Like, you were talking about 1997 computers earlier. Like, a 1997, 1998, like, you know, CD-based Australian-made poker game was basically two cuts because you're like, he's like, show me the river! <laughs> like, Hit me! It's just you know, a, random sound bites. On a Tandy computer? Right. right. Hit me! 
from Radio Shack. I fold. Um, <laughs> yeah. So he's a card shark. Is he going to come out like the gambler and He better come out like the fucking gambler. They better. They oh, Man, is the gambler still alive? I'm sure he is. He wasn't a. Oh, it turns out when you look up the gambler on Google, it doesn't immediately take you to WCW Jobber. What? The gambler. It takes you to Kenny Rogers, which I, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like well, Jeffrey Gann is more important than... Uh, okay, so as far as uh, Wikipedia says, the gambler is still alive. So, Yeah. He didn't seem like he uh, was super old or anything. No, right? no, no. He's a power plant guy. Um, Who's the Chad guy that I'm thinking of here? What a terrible show this is so far. Uh, World Series of Poker. Norm Chad. That's who I'm thinking of. Norman, yeah, Norm Chad. Yeah, no, yeah. 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 Get him. He's still doing it. Wow. He's still on the World Series. Good for him. Good for him. Good. Yeah, they still air that. But that's my point. No one cares anymore. And this guy has a, uh, you know, Texas Hold'em gimmick. It's unbelievable. <laughs> so uh, one last poker thing, and then we'll then we'll move on. Um, you are a man who, who, like me, gets absolutely infuriated when you're at a bar or a restaurant or whatever, and the TV's change from whatever game was on or whatever to, like, whatever's on after that. Yeah. How many times do you, I don't know if you still see this a lot or, 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 or whatnot. How many times did you see like third rate, like weird poker tournaments on TV? Oh, they're still on. Like, at, at, like, at like midnight or 1 a.m. If you're still hanging out at a bar or a restaurant or whatever, the game is over. But it's, it can't be a game on like ESPN. It can't be a nationally televised game. It's like your local game. It's like your, you, you know, your uh, NBC Sports Network Chicago type thing or your, you know, your yeah. Bally Sports or whatever. So the game is over. And yeah, it's just the weirdest third-rate poker tournament you've ever seen in your life. You have no idea who these people are, and it's just sitting there, and you're just like, what the fuck? Change the goddamn channel. Nobody wants to watch this. There was a celebrity one on the other night, and Tito Ortiz was playing, and the gimmick with this one is if you take too long to make your decision, like when if like if someone raises or something, okay, right? They put a clock on it. Oh, okay. A little pitch so, clock. <laughs> I like it. If the clock runs out, like you can then buy more time by putting more money in the pot. Like oh, you, you throw some chips chip in, and then you throw more chips in, and you get more time. Then it adds time, like thirty more seconds. Interesting. To the clock. And then if the clock now listen, no, you're gonna love this. Then if the clock runs out again, they put you in a literal cage. You have to <laughs> no, hold on a minute. What? I promise you, I was watching this. What is this I, called, and how can I watch it? Because this sounds it awesome. It was on in the background when I was, you know, I was probably watching porn or something. <laughs> so so th- th- they put you in a cage. Like a shark cage? To... Is this like a shark cage? Or yeah, a... there's like, there's, listen to me. There's like a cage next to the poker table. <laughs> you can throw it in the cage. So you have to, you get thrown in a cage. And then like the, for a specified, there's like another clock. And then uh, the game goes on and they just take your fucking blinds or whatever as you're sitting in the cage. So, yeah, I, I'm familiar with these uh, sketchy poker Wow, shows. I have never seen that one, but I need to. Yeah, that that's – how many people get thrown in the cage, though? I feel like if you know that you're about to get thrown in the cage, you just make a damn decision. I, there were people in the cage. Interesting. There were people in the cage. So so yeah. the penalty is they take your – like your, your – they don't take all of your money. They just take your blinds? No, nah, I wasn't paying super close attention. Okay. Look, you go in the cage, and I think they take some of your money while you're in the cage. And the other thing is if you have to declare – with a you, you everyone also has two cards it says bluff and whatever and what and you know uh whatever the other one says and when you when you when someone raises and you call you have to 
put like if you're bluffing, you have to put the bluff card face down on the, and then that gets revealed at the end of the hand, and then they do something with that too. I was like, this isn't even poker. Anymore. Yeah, what is this like, game? This is you've like, changed what? so many of the rules. That... Like this isn't poker anymore. Like you've made so many changes to the rules. Like I thought the countdown clock was interesting because like, all right, let's get it on. Like you know, let's right? Yeah. Like what are you doing? What, you keep staring at the card. It's nothing's going to change. Let's go. Let's make a decision here. Let's and go. there's an element of pressure which is part of the. You know what I mean? Sure. It, like turns the heat up. So you have to be able to it's like poker, but you have to think quicker. And I can kind of respect That's that. That's fine. Yeah. Then it gets a little wild with the cage. <laughs> then we but lose then all. They started, yeah. Then they started throwing people in shark cages and you have to declare whether you're bluffing. And it's just, it's, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck. So there's got to be like, there's got to be a benefit, like a cost benefit analysis to going into the cage. Like say you, is it like you get yourself into a bad hand and you don't want to fold? So you get put in the cage. I'm not understanding. I got to watch this. I think I'm going to try to find this while we're doing the show tonight. And uh, I'm going to let you know so you can. This seems like something that's on like a Sinclair network or whatever. Were you watching like Ring of Honor <laughs> that like fell asleep? No, it's, only, like... it's one of them Bally's gimmicks. Oh, see, I don't know if I get a Bally, but I'm sure I could. Be, I, I'm sure I could find it. I'm sure it's on. I will find the networks. name of this fucking poker show and at some point, and you will have to DVR this and you'll have to see it for yourself. I'm just, yeah, I'm All fascinated I, about the benefit, like why anybody would allow themselves to be put into the cage. I feel like you would just be like, ah, whatever, fold or ah, whatever. Like, I just can't imagine you choosing the cage, but I guess there must be a reason. Or, yeah, or I wasn't benefit. paying. I wasn't paying close enough attention. How do you get honest. out of the cage? I don't know. Like event, they would eventually just like like Tito kept getting thrown in the cage. <laughs> well, his, his brain's kind of mush, so yeah. And, Decision and making is not one of Tito Ortiz's best uh, attributes at this point. So yeah, and then they have to you like they they show them like gripping the bar, like watching the game like, while they're in the cage. <laughs> awesome. So I don't, it was it, well. It's good. It's good. It's glad, I'm glad to know the old uh, TNA Impact uh, shark cages where they would have the dancers in them are finally getting some good use on this poker uh, tournament. So that's good to know. We have Poker Central, Poker Night, Poker Night in America. Yeah, there's LA way Poker too many Classic. of these still. Nobody watches these anymore, but they still exist, which is uh, unbelievable. Happy Poker Games, World Poker Tour, World Poker Tour Alpha, uh, Triton Poker, Borgata Poker Open, Heartland Poker, Parks Open Poker. I, I don't know which one of these it could be. Um, poker st- Oh, here it is. Poker Stars Shark Cage. <laughs> well, that seems like that's what it would be. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Poker Stars right, Shark it. Cage. All right. Okay, it's from 2015. And it's fine. It's it good enough. That's fine. Um, so there you go. There's like no description, but there that has that's obviously it. So it's on FS1. Okay. And it and it airs. Um, uh, let's see. The next airing is on Tuesday at, at nine and ten p.m. So prime time for 2015 reruns of Poker Stars Shark Cage, Rich, and I want to. And this is a celebrity here. edition. You're sure? I promise you, it was, it was Tito Ortiz and a bunch of people from sitcoms that have probably been canceled four years ago. <laughs> okay, because so, I'm looking at it now, and it, was, it appears that our man Phil Ivey is there. I mean, so it must be his thing, maybe. That doesn't seem fair, to be completely honest. Uh, but this wasn't like the celebrity one. It's like Phil Ivey and a bunch of other dudes. So. Yeah, I don't know. These say uh, Heat 5, Heat 6, um, but Poker Stars Shark Cage. Yeah, so there you go. If it's that old, then there's people listening who obviously know about this thing. Um, <laughs> I think that's bold. <laughs> that's a bold assumption. I don't know who uh, is watching these. FS1. Are you kidding a, me? Did you see network. the? Re- are, are you kidding me? Did you see the replies to my poker tweet? We, nothing but DGens listen to this show. You should know better. I mean, come on. 
So I, I think our listeners probably are very well versed with PokerStars Shark Cage. Celebrity edition. <laughs> Celebrity edition. <laughs> right, of course. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Well, that's anything else. Next? Oh, uh, Tony. Tony Tits or Joey Tits. What's going on with him? Tony D'Angelo made his uh, in-ring debut. What do you think about that? As, a, as, a, uh, as, a, as an Italian, I, I, I feel like a, at this point I can no longer actually comment on uh, Tony D'Angelo uh, because he's oh, so Italian that I think Vinny Massaro is going to get upset again. You think Joe Gacy will cancel you? <laughs> right. I feel like I'm going to be. You know what? What is the deal with the Joe Gacy character? He's like not even a a funny or smart parody. No, like it's a... so bad. It's like the, we want to get to the line, but we don't want to go over the line, and we don't really know what the line is, so just say toxic a lot. <laughs> just like, it's so bad. Yeah. Just if you're going to do it, do it. You know what I mean? Just go and fucking do it. But it's like, it's the it's it's the penny version of the uh, the Dan Lambert stuff in AEW. It's just, it's so bad. He's like, ah, these snowflakes, you're uh, toxic. Not, not even. <laughs> no, like... no, no, no. No, not even. Like, he's like, he just speaks in soft tones and smiles and talks about safe spaces, but not in the right context. And it's not even clever. Like it's not even a clever parody. It's just, I don't know what the fuck it is. He wears slacks. Why is he wearing? Yeah. I I was going to ask you that. Like, is is that like a big thing among (laughs) like anti cancel culture people is to wear like, no, 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 but he's not anti. He is pro. He's like pro all of that stuff. Like he, he is supposed to okay. Oh, so is I, that? Oh my god. Okay, they're doing no, such yeah. a bad job of it. I thought he was on the other side. Okay. No, he's he's supposed. Oh, to so be... he's like a dork that needs a safe space. No. Uh, okay. Yeah. No. Was, right. Okay. Kinda. He's he is supposed to be like an ultra woke. Right. He's like, like a Twitter at. He's like a, an annoying Twitter follow. Yeah, but if they you could have been clever about it and done a parody of someone like that. And it at least might have been funny. I don't know what the fuck he like. It, half the shit he says doesn't make sense. He's wearing slacks and a button up. That's like the opposite of a, of a, of an ultra woke. Like the guy in the slacks and the button up is your dad who doesn't understand why you're an ultra woke. Right. Understand? Correct. Like, correct. Yeah. Like the guy in the slacks and the button up is like Ben Shapiro making fun of the ultra <laughs> right. Exactly. Like right. he's he's so he's not even dressed appropriately. See, that's why I thought I thought he was trying to be like a dollar store Ben Shapiro thing. That's how bad it is. Is I thought he was on that side of the the gimmick. Yeah, I don't blame you because it's so poorly done. Like because I, I, I thought I his know. smiling was supposed to be sarcastic. Like oh, I need safe spaces. Ah, toxic culture. Like you know what? You might be right for all. You know. <laughs> I don't know if I'm right. Nobody right. knows what this is. It's just so right. bad. It's awful. It's not clever. It's not uh, smart. There's just nothing. Um, and, and like he has these uh, phrases up on the video wall when he comes. Yes, out. it says acceptance like, and like inclusivity. Yes, it says acceptance, inclusivity, and then one of them says equity. And I'm like, he's a banker. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, is he a banker now? Why does it say I, equity? Like, I have no idea. Like, shouldn't it it's say Bruce a Pritchard and Vince McMahon that just have read like three articles about cancel culture and have now decided that they have figured it out of what the gimmick's going to be. It's, it's, it's. I'm like, equity? Is he selling mortgages? What is... <laughs> right, subprime loans. He's like... <laughs> what is. <laughs> Reverse mortgages, yeah. Now, say... that's a good gimmick. It's, 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 you know, it's like 10 years old to, to, you know, hone in on the mortgage crisis and all that sort of stuff. But that, that'd be a, that'd be a fun gimmick. I promise you it doesn't say equality, it says equity. 
I have no idea. Like they don't. I think the people writing this don't know what like an ultra woke is. Like it's just so bad. And then uh, yeah, we got Tony Tits out there making his debut this week. He did try to pay off the ref. I love that. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm not at liberty to comment anymore on on, on Joey Tits. But yeah, him him trying to slip a twenty to the ref is incredible. That that is the comedy. That is the subtlety. That wrestling is missing is is, is Tony D'Angelo sending a twenty to the ref to try to tip him off before the show. Awesome. I, I have new, listen to me. Italian people don't care. And Vinny Massaro always cares. Every time I talk about Italian people, Vinny Massaro gets very upset. Forget him. There's no such thing as an Italian ultra woke. We want to be fucking parodied and objectified. We don't care. Italian people don't care about this shit. Why do you think gimmicks like this can fly? You can't do this with any other kind of people, but they always do it with the Italians because Italians don't give a shit. You know, you can uh, you can make us caricatures. We we actually enjoy it. Italian people enjoy being made caricatures of. So no, you're allowed to speak on it. It's no problem. I don't know why Vinny gets on you. Probably when you say something stupid. I don't know, but he <laughs> he, he he is a caricature. His gimmick in Lucha Underground was. <laughs> Eating pizza. How dare you? A, How dare while, you? <laughs> while wearing a wife beater. Okay, he was he was Tony Tits before he was Joey Tits before Joey Tits. The grease so, stains all over the white. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Coming in a ring with a slice. I mean, come on. But uh, yeah, I, I love know, that. I, I love that he wrestles in like uh, like track pants or whatever. It's just awesome stuff. Yeah, it's just, it's yeah. just incredible. Total lowest common denominator. It's the best. It's just, yeah, it, it rules. Yeah, that I can't knock. I'm not even yeah. sure if that's like a modern caricature, but it's like a perfect caricature. It's like a, it's probably more of an early 2000s caricature, but I also don't know enough to know that that's not still exactly what they dress like. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm sure you could find Italian street guys wearing tracksuits, and he wrestles in the wife beater though, because you have. To. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course, of course. <laughs> you have to. Well, Italian people yeah. wear nothing else but wife beaters. Yeah, that's all they wear. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's... Uh, they wear you know, leather jackets and then take them off, and then there's a wife beater underneath, and that's it. So. That, that, that hat, that little hat. Yeah, yeah. he's got to have the hat on. You know, it's... Uh, yeah, so that's... Uh, yeah, NXT 2.0, it fucking stinks. It's yeah, so that's... Uh, none, nothing it's, that we said over the last 30 minutes was incorrect. That was all. LA Knight beat Odyssey Jones, by the way, who just won their tournament. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, all the... I mean, all the veterans are losing... Um, uh, Aside from LA Knight, like Ember Moon lost and yeah. Frankie Monet lost and Cameron Grimes lost. I think Ciampa's probably going to lose. I feel like Braun Breaker's probably winning that title, right? But for some reason, LA Knight was a big winner over the, uh, the guy who won their title the tournament. Yeah. <laughs> he just won their tournament. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't, yeah. It's just it's... Frankie Monet already doing jobs, already doing JOBs. That's not a good start. Did you see the Fab B match the week before when you were in the woods? Uh, yes, I did. That was um, one of the worst matches you'll ever lay lay eyes on. In, in, in that was rough. That was pretty rough. Um, I am amazed at that made air. Yeah, I mean, just horrible. Because that, so that's that's the best result of it, right? Like that, you know what I mean? Like this is a taped show. It wasn't a, it wasn't a live NXT, right? I don't think they're live. That's what I thought. So this is like the best version. They, they, they thought that that was still good enough to put on the air. Rich, they thought that was good enough to call up. Yeah. Isn't it B Fab? But they've been called. They're calling her Fab B now, though, right? Are they? I think. I think. No, her name is actually B Fab, though, right? B Fab. Yeah. It's B Fab. You you just said Fab B there, and I'm pretty sure on Raw they said Fab B as well. 
I don't know what her name is. I here here's her name. She stinks. How about that? That's bad. her name. <laughs> yeah. Be bad. Yeah. yeah. Um is her name. With uh with gotten to top dollar on that team as well. Can that guy like log off? What is he doing? Oh, he's really big. Yeah, I, by the way, uh, Angry216 does point out correctly that Carmelo Hayes, uh, Carmelo Hayes won the uh, uh, the top uh, tournament or whatever, not Odyssey Jones, so I apologize. Odyssey uh, Jones was in the final, though, to be was fair. He? I'm pretty sure he was, but I don't know if he was not. No, actually, I don't so. think he did. I think Carmelo Shit. Hayes beat somebody else. Oh, but man. Carmelo, well, here's the thing. Carmelo Hayes lost last night, too. So. Oh, there you go. So that, I'm, I'm still justified in a lot of ways. Carmelo but, uh, Hayes and our, our boy Trick Williams, they lost. Four-way, uh, yeah, time. oh yeah, trick's pretty good. Who? Uh, no, I was right. Odyssey Jones is in the final of the breakout tournament. Yes, Carmelo Hayes did defeat him, yeah, though, he didn't so win. he didn't win. So I was, I yeah, was incorrect. Yeah, Carmelo Hayes won. Yeah. But. So the two finalists both lost last. Week. <laughs> right there, you go. How about that? How about that? That works too. Um, yeah. yeah, pretty weird. Uh, it's a very, uh, it's a very strange show. But yeah, uh, what, what's uh, top dollar? He's a former NFL player too, right? Isn't that AJ Francis or whatever? Yes. Yeah, he is uh, very gotten very to, and not in like the fun, endearing way, but in the, the like, bro, log off. You're very gotten to, dude. Super defensive. It's like, dude, just it doesn't. Why? Why are you doing this? You know, I mean, it just eggs people on to, to you know, to pick at him even more. Well, what's weird is though he's he's like talking like he's like a nine year vet or whatever. You know what I mean? He's like, I oh, know. he knows how to wrestle. Like it's wrestling. Like he's he's been a trainer. It's like. Bro, you've been a wrestler for like a year and a half. Like you're not allowed to do. He's doing like Lance Storm tweets, and it's like you're not Lance Storm, buddy. Like he was. He's like we can promo. I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, right. he's gonna get a reality check on that main roster with that attitude. You know, hey, this isn't. Uh, I don't know. He's uh, severely gotten to. Yeah, it's guy. it's pretty bad. But it's not a, not a great treat. Yeah, if you don't guy, know, somebody was like, oh, you guys aren't going to be good in the main roster. And he's like, nah, we good, we good promo or whatever. We can just, promo. We yeah. can promo. Yeah. It's like, right. eh, okay. I mean, that's, that's, you say that now, but Vince McMahon's going to, about to send you a script that you're going to have to say. And I think he stinks. The guy is over the top. He's corny. I've talked about Top Dollar before. You have talked about Top Dollar before. Yeah. Yeah. Swerve is obviously awesome. Like that, that, there's no doubt in my mind that he. Let me tell you something about Swerve. I didn't think he'd make it in WWE, and he has blown me away. Absolutely. He is so good. And he's great. And he's great in this role. This is perfect for him. I like, uh, I like the other guy. Uh, Adonis. The The Adonis. Yeah. Yeah. Ashanti, the Adonis. Yeah. I've always liked that guy as, as just a solid roster guy and bfab's like, a good like i i think you you have her as like a manager she comes out she hypes you up like that stuff's fine i have no problem with that bfab i don't know i i i don't um have high hopes for bfab and you know look it's not her fault that she fucking stinks and they put her on tv in a hardcore match last week that's not her fault <laughs> i mean <laughs> but what i mean yeah they, this is a bad I, week for hey who's the worst wrestler on a roster cool let's put them in a plunder match Let's see how that works. Like, yeah, yeah. Jade well, Cargill and that uh, that was on. I, I forget Dark or Dark Elevation or whatever last week. It was like, what are you doing? There's the counter argument that the plunder match is a way to hide the fact that they're green because anyone could swing a chair, right? So well, like <laughs> as we discovered this week, no. <laughs> right? Yeah. No. It was just horrendous. Yeah. So, um, I don't know what they're doing down at that performance center with because. De- I mean, a lot of these people look really bad, but, um, you know, I wouldn't mind if it was just a developmental show with bad wrestling, if it was kind of like it was the first week where everything felt different and the structure of the show was different. And 
and even it even felt like it was shot differently with the camera. And, and now it just feels like it feels like Rainbow Raw. That's what it feels like now. So, and I think it loses viewers every week. And I think that people realize that it stinks. And um, I don't know how USA feels about it. I don't know if they're you know what they're paying or if they're just running out the string with the contract. But um, I mean. It, people like it ironically. People watch this show ironically now. That's, it is fun bad. It has gotten. It is. It is definitely pretty fun bad. I, I will admit, as I watched it this morning, it is. It is certainly fun bad at this point. So, yeah, yeah. That point one three in the uh, the old demo. I don't know. Can't imagine the USA is too happy with that. But uh, you know, Yankees Red Sox definitely a factor. But I mean, it's not like it was going to blow the doors. Yeah, off things are going to happen a lot on you know, you know, on TV. Yeah, you know, if you have a good show, think, it doesn't matter. You know, that, that's... I think I think point. I think there's more point one threes in this show's future. Yes, exactly. Yes, yes. Yankee Red Sox was a big deal, but there there will be other things that will be on Tuesdays uh, moving forward that that are going to be a problem. Well, we'll see what Dodgers Cardinals does to Dynamite, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think Dod- Dodgers Cardinals will not have the same. No, won't have the same cachet as as obviously Yankees Red Sox, but um, no, it's not doing a Yankee Red Sox number. No. And it's on TBS, so Turner don't care. They're getting everybody anyway. Sure, right, right. Um, and then, obviously, you know, you take a look at the DVR numbers for Dynamite. They usually do very strong DVR numbers when there's something else going on. But it's interesting because when Dynamite, in its first year or two, when something else was going on, the numbers would always go down. Right, people wouldn't leave immediately and go watch whatever they wanted to watch on the other show. And the, and the DVR numbers would be way up. But now that Dynamite is red hot, I'm curious if that – We'll find out tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow will be a great test case of like, okay, you know, there's a, there's a good big time baseball game, an important baseball game on right now, but are people like, ah, oh, fuck, Dynamite's great, I'm not gonna watch, you know, because I always say people always bring up, oh well, Monday Night Football, or, oh, it's a, it's this, it's a, yeah, there's always gonna be things on TV, but there was a time when people would watch wrestling instead of anything else, yeah, like the, that happened, the, that existed for a while, where yes, there was Monday Night Football was on Mondays for, it's in the name, Monday Night Football. It was always on Mondays, but there was a time where wrestling fans just said, ah, fuck that, I'm watching wrestling. And they instead, they watched wrestling. It's possible for wrestling to be the thing. That <laughs> right. That's why everyone's always like, well, I mean, come on, what yeah. are they supposed to do? <laughs> there's football on, there's baseball on, there's basketball on, there's an election, there's the news. It's a, okay, yeah, but there used to be a time where people would just watch wrestling, though. They were wrestling fans and said, ah, I'm going to watch the wrestling instead of the anything else so i yeah there's a possibility of that happening that people just continue to watch wrestling this will be a great way to see that because this this will be a pretty big game uh the one game playoff and this will be an interesting test because they're gonna have to be battling with 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 baseball i'm assuming a lot on wednesdays uh at least up until i I don't know the Uh, schedule for the world series or whatnot but i'd imagine there's gonna be a lot i could pull up the playoff schedule real quick mlb playoff schedule Big markets, too, so it could, it could be a tough run. But we'll see. It'll be a great test. It'll be a great test if, if being a hot wrestling product you know, means more than another thing is on another channel. Well, Yankees are out. That's good. Um, okay, let's see. There are two games on – there's a game Thursday night. That will go against what? Impact, I guess, and, ML, and MLW, if you want to count that. Um, Friday night. There are games all night long going up against SmackDown. Then Monday, yeah, Monday, there's going to be football and baseball playoffs on Monday. Some of those will be day games. Uh, There is one Wednesday during the divisional round. There's one Wednesday during the league championship round. 
And then there is a Wednesday, potentially two Wednesdays during the World Series. Oh, a lot okay. of Wednesdays. A lot yeah. of Wednesdays. Yeah. Game seven. Oh, yikers. Oh, well. <laughs> um, the good chance I will be watching the baseball over the uh, uh, Dynamite. Can't miss a game seven if that happens. But uh... And those league championship series games are a game four and a game five. They're probably both going to happen. Yeah. And the – okay, now they might – AW might get lucky in the divisional round. They're both game fives. And remember, that's a five-game series. So those they might they might miss those that Wednesday there might be nothing if both of those series are wrapped up Red Sox Rays and White Sox Astros so they could miss that day but they're gonna get hit for the league championship series and they could get hit twice for the World Series so let's hope uh, let's hope White Sox Astros wrapped up on Sunday right live in the building Rich Krejci. Look at you. First, so, play, you first playoff game I've ever been to. Because believe it or not, my White Sox don't go to the playoffs very often. So, Yeah, so I'll be there. But uh, excited. Excited to finally see a White Sox playoff game. Hopefully it works out. Anyway. Anyway. Lose. We'll definitely get swept by the fucking Astros. But nah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. My confidence, you like you're, you're going oh. through a crisis. <laughs> I'm going through a crisis. I don't know. I'm worried. I'm a little worried. Just watch, just watch the fucking games. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You know, sit down on the couch and relax and watch the fucking game. You're like talking yourself, (laughs) (laughs) setting yourself up for the disappointment. Uh, It's it's about the ride, man. It is. It is. It's just the. I don't want to lose the Astros. You know. Yeah, but you don't want to lose to any of these teams, honestly. I mean, everyone becomes your enemy. I'll accept the Rays. I'll accept the Rays loss. That's fine. Yeah, I want the Rays to lose, though. I don't want a World Series where there's nobody in the building. It just looks ugly on TV. Like they, 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 you know what I mean? Like they need to get out of that city. It's a joke. Like they, they, that city doesn't want them. It's obvious at this point, but, um, and obviously anybody, but the Cardinals. I mean, oh God. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care who wins. It's just not the Cardinals. Basically. Literally yeah, anyone. Right. Yeah. I mean, people are like, Oh, I don't want the die. I'm like, I don't honestly Cardinals. I, don't I, I really don't even mind the Dodgers. I don't mind now. the Dodgers at all either. Yeah. I don't mind the Dodgers. I, I don't really love the Red Sox. They would probably be my second least favorite team. Uh, in the playoffs, they just, they just annoy me because they're like they've overachieved, and I, I don't know. They get their scrappy asses out of here. Right, I, right, I, right, right. I don't want know, that. But it, yeah, the Cardinals it, just please get out. I God, I, I just do. I cannot stand a Cardinals playoff. Run. And, and just fuck Boston sports fans. They've won so much they don't deserve. But anything. still, act like they've never won anything. By the way, yeah. If you're a Boston, they've sports won 15 fan, titles in the last decade, and they're still like, "Oh, the Red Sox missed the playoffs." Oh yeah, no! If, yeah, like, if you're like a if you're like a 35 year old Boston sports fan, you've seen all four of those teams win like multiple times. Right, we're we're including the Bruins in this too, who have also yeah. won Stanley Cups in this time period. Like, fuck you! You don't deserve anything. Like, if you're if you're an adult Boston sports fan, and all four of those teams fucking stunk for the rest of your life. You, you're, you're good. You, 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 you're good. I don't feel bad for you, but you're right. Every time there's like a down year, like they're whining about it. There's Red Sox fans whining now that they're not happy that this team is not being run properly. And meanwhile, they're advancing in the playoffs. (laughs) Like go fuck yourself. You spoiled pieces of shit. Like go fuck yourself. I've seen one playoff team in seven years. And I lost two games straight. 
Uh, you know, it, I can't stand it. The Boston sport. So you know what? Fuck them too. I, if it was Boston, and there the it Cardinals, is. There it is. See, Cardinals. Might, oh, Cardinals. I Red might, Sox. I'm not watching a minute. I'm not watching a second of that game of uh, any of those games. Even then, I'd I'd root for against the Cardinals. I cannot root for the Cardinals under any circumstance. I, I just can't do it. I just can't look at Harrison Bader leaning into a hit by pitch. Of course, of course, of course. Harrison it's got to be Bader too, of course. Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> <There's> your, <laughs> yeah. here's your World Series preview. Yeah, there you go. Fuck all I these can, teams. We hate them all except for I hate every one of them. Um, you, now I could uh, I could write this off of my 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 MLB extra innings off my taxes now because we talked. About that's true. This. Yeah, that's true. We'll 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 lean into it and in, uh, in, in a uh, ad. Uh, read that we're gonna do here in a moment as well so we'll, we'll make that work but uh i guess hey let's do that ad read let's do it now we're talking about it my bookie folks mybookie.ag voices of wrestling sponsored this week by my bookie uh they have of course the nfl that we've talked about with five over five hundred thousand in contest prize money up for grabs uh nfl obviously is back in action winning season is back in action at my bookie head to mybookie.ag and choose from a variety of boosts and free bets and get in on the fan favorite one hundred thousand dollars super contest uh, only ten dollars to enter that you pick five games against the spread each week each win earns you a point and each point gets you closer to the grand prize. Uh, we just mentioned it right there. A lot of baseball to bet on coming up. NBA season is getting going. You got some NBA's futures bets that you can do. You got NBA prop bets going on. I'm looking at some of those. I'm looking at MVP. I'm looking at win totals. I'm looking at over-unders. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that I'm interested in. I think I'm going to do an NBA Intelligentsia uh, on Patreon over the next, maybe the next week or so. Uh, or maybe I'll, I'll discuss some of those. Those because there's some there's some weird there's some win totals over unders and I'm like I don't know I think you can make some decent money on that for entertainment purposes only obviously but um, yeah so a lot of good stuff going on at my bookie mybookie.ag obviously you want to use that promo code voices and that's going to instantly receive or instantly give you double your first deposit so if you insert five hundred dollars into my bookie they're going to give you five hundred dollars you insert ten dollars they're going to give you ten dollars they will double your first deposit that's double your money to double your winnings with your first ever deposit using that promo code voices at mybookie.ag bet anything anytime anywhere with my bookie mybookie.ag again promo code voices to double your first deposits uh joe you're breaking up a little bit um all right I will there you go now i can hear you fine all right you were talking about something about the kraken but i don't know anything else there's an odds boost on my bookie with the with the debut of the kraken oh yeah what's the, what's the boost uh any team scores a goal you win 25 uh, that sounds pretty good okay so that's on October 12th. So if these people make their deposit using promo code voices, uh, they can uh, bet that. When, when's October 12th? That's next uh, Tuesday. Kraken versus the Golden Knights. A goal will be scored. $25 max. Uh, just bet yes on a goal will be scored. Pretty <laughs> safe game, yeah, that, that's a pretty safe bet. I would say at some point somebody will score a goal uh, in that game. So yes. there you go. Free money. So, yeah. Free money. Twenty oh, $25 uh, maximum? $25 max. I already have my bet in. That's not I mean, bad, though. On. I mean, with yeah. free $25. Like, why would you not do that? Absolutely. Yeah. Do it. Incredible. So, mybookie.ag, promo code VOICES. And they do that all the time. They do it during college football season. They do it during NHL season. I'm sure they'll do it in NBA season as well. Probably score, you know, total, you know, over under 100 or something. You know what I mean? Something that's just obviously going to happen. Uh, or they might just do point scores. Something like, who knows? Over under of one. <laughs> in in one of these games. So, I'm sure they'll find something to do for NBA season. So, yeah, that's free money. Uh, you can take there at my bookie, my bookie, ag, uh, dot ag promo code 
voices. All right, let's. Uh, so we've talked about NXT 2.0. Let's talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling, Joe. Uh, you have been doing the G1 Climax daily audio over at patreon.com slash voice of wrestling $5 tier every single night of the G1 you have reviewed you've talked about you've recapped you've discussed uh, overall for people that have not listened to those which obviously you should do that patreon.com slash voices of wrestling uh, overall thoughts on the G1 so far as we're in a little bit of a lull right now things get going again uh, by the time a lot of people listen to this I think another show I think one's starting on Thursday morning Couple uh, hours. Yeah, a couple hours. Then they're going to have stuff all throughout the weekend. So we've had a little bit of a time, which has been good. It's allowed me to catch up a little bit. But uh, yeah, it gets really off and firing again uh, this weekend. But uh, what, have, what have you thought so far overall of, of, of this year's G1? It's been okay. Um, I don't think it's been a bad tournament. But, you know, this obviously isn't a vintage G1, which I say that and I get in big trouble. and everybody You got in some big trouble. I'm going to read what you said, Joe. All right, read this. Yeah, because you got in a lot of trouble, sir. Yeah, you got ratioed, as the kids say, because I that tweet has like oh, thirty-five get, replies. You we know? did not get ratioed. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, most of the people agreed with the tweet. I know, I know. There's Honestly. like, yeah, it's, it's uh, fun, but I, I want to say that we got ratioed because it sounds fun. You know what I mean to get ratioed. Yeah. Like Some places right. around the internet that weren't happy with the tweet, though. But go, go there ahead. There was a few places, but yeah, Joe Lanza says, <clears throat> "Quote." G1 Night 1 once again featured some good, but mostly... Night 9. S- night nine featured uh, some good, but mostly soulless wrestling. We are nine shows in, and there is very little in the way of great matches, and not a single match of the year contender or anything close. This is simply not a vintage G1, and halfway through, it's clear it won't be. Yeah, so where's the lie? You made a lot of people upset, Joe. I mean... Okay. I don't think anyone could reasonably say that this is a vintage G1. And when I'm talking vintage G1, we're talking 2013 to 2019. I mean, if you think this year's tournament is of that quality, you're either out of your fucking mind or you're lying to yourself. Right. Just or you just haven't watched them. And then we had, we had one reply that was like, uh, literally, I can't think of a G1 that's been better than this year. And I'm like, well, okay, then you've only watched this year's G1. Like there's, yeah, and, yeah. and I like this year's G1 is fine, but I'm like, no, you know, that's just a ridiculous take. Like you, you, you either just say that I've only watched this year or last year. You know what I mean? I've only watched the last two years of the G1. And then that might be an okay statement that, that this year's G1 is the best G1 you've ever seen. That's fine. If you've only seen last year and this year, it might be. It might be better than last year's. You might be correct in that. But I just don't know why there are people that are shaped for me saying it hasn't been a vintage G1. I mean, why is that such a horrible thing to say? When G1 was on that hot vintage run, I mean, those were all-time great tournaments. And, you know, you, you, you weren't going to have that in a year where the field is – De- is greatly depleted. Right. And then one of the best guys that is in the tournament gets hurt on the first night and is out. So then you don't have all the guys that aren't normally in it. And then on top of that, you don't have Naito. So you have this depleted field. You right. You, lo- you lose someone like a Will. You lose someone like a Jay White. You lose Tetsuya Naito. I mean, those are three big names right off the bat there. I mean, that's, you know, those are guys that you can count on to have a, a good to great match every single night. And they're not there. Um, you know, and, and Minoru Suzuki, like, he may not have been in it anyway because he's kind of trying to wind that down. But he's a guy who's been in them recently. You'd have a guy like Juice Robinson instead of some of the bottom feeders that are in this in his place who, you know, has a chance to have a couple of, of big-time matches in the tournament. Whereas, you know, you're probably not going to get that with your Tamatangas and, 
and uh, and Yujiro's of the world or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So you know, even the yeah, depth- even recently, I was gonna say even recently, you had someone like a John Moxley who who came in in 2019 Mo- and had some yes. great matches that year. Absolutely. Uh, so Moxley's another one who definitely would have been in it, and he has way more juice. So it's like, okay, so everyone agrees that it's a depleted field. We all agree on that. Right. Nobody you you can't you that. can't disagree with that. That it's just a, no. an, an objective truth. And then you throw in that we're still dealing with COVID clap crowds, so the atmosphere isn't as good as it was in 2019. No one could disagree with that. That's just an objective truth. Right. I have seen some people that said, well, I just don't focus on it. I don't hone in on it. I don't do whatever. Maybe, maybe, maybe you don't, but you can't argue that it isn't Exactly. That, that, that'd that be my retort to that is, like, I don't think any of us is, are pretending that, like, you know, it, it. You know, we know it's obvious. We know that, but like, you can't. You know, I don't know that it's fair to grade it on a curve either, and just say, well, whatever. There's, you know, the fans can't make noise, but I'm sure this was going to be incredible, or I'm sure this would be a great match, or I'm sure, like, it's a big part of it. That's a huge, huge part of it. And I don't think any of us is are are, are getting mad at New Japan because fans are aren't able to cheer. I don't think any of us are saying, oh, well, this sucks because fans aren't able to cheer. It's just that the, you know, like you said, it's kind of soulless. It's good, but it's soulless, and that's not their fault. It's not the wrestlers' fault. It's nobody's. Fault. It's just the fact of the matter. So you can lie to yourself and pretend like it doesn't matter, but it, it matters. It absolutely matters. There's just no way that you can watch the G1 from 2013 and watch the G1 from 2021 and say that the crowd does not matter, that the clap crowd is not affecting how great matches are or how great moments are, or how great the G1 is. You just, you, it's, you just can't. And like, we're not trying to say that, that, you know, we're not blaming anybody. Like I said, we're not saying that New Japan should just say fuck COVID and have everybody cheer, but like, you have to address it. You have to say it. And that's, I, I think that's all you were saying in that tweet. No, so yeah, my point here is it's just not a vintage tournament. I, you know, I, I've done reviews every day. Now there was a really bad stretch from like about night four to night six or seven, where the shows weren't bad because I don't think there's been a bad a show that I would call bad, but they were lifeless. There was no energy. There were no great matches. It was just a bunch of. You know, I think people got mad at the word soulless. Okay, I won't wor- use the word soulless, but there was just a bunch of three and a quarter star matches with no life and no energy in the building. The wrestlers have no life or energy to feed off of, so it's affecting them. And they're just, the shows are just fine. And that's not what a vintage G1 is. So I, I you know, it's like you can lie to yourself and say that, um, you know, that, 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 that I'm being too hard on it, but this is not a vintage G1. It's all there is to it. And there hasn't been, there's been way less what you would call great matches in this tournament than there usually is through 10 nights. And, you know, maybe my ratings are a little bit lower than some other people, but I brought stats, Rich. It's not just me, you know, I, you know, so, so I looked at the, at the, uh, at your cage matches and your grapples and, uh, let me tell you something. Through 10 nights of this tournament on cage match, there have been two matches in this entire tournament that have that to this point have a rating of nine or higher on cage match on cage match. OK, through 10 nights of the tournament. Rich, if you go back and look at vintage G1 tournaments, there's usually singular nights where there's at least two matches with matches that are rated nine or higher within like the first three nights of the tour. Like. This is inarguable. I mean, it's not just me who's just shitting on this thing. And again, 
I've kind of liked it. Like, I don't even hate the tournament. All right, I said right. Is it wasn't a vintage tournament. Well, yeah, no, no, you got these weird. There was a lot of these weird replies that were trying to like act like G ones weren't fucking incredible in the past, and it's like, what are you talking about? People you know are like, I mean? oh, this is just as good as any of them recent ones. I'm like, no, it's not. No, like, objectively, not. it's not. You're I, you're absolutely fucking insane. No, it is not. Like that, and that's nothing. I don't. I didn't feel like that was a hot take. Like that, I don't feel like it's a hot take to say that it's not as good as like, we we would come onto these shows and say we are so fucking spoiled how incredible is this g1 and we would do that every single summer for like seven straight years from 2013 you know to 2019 you know we would say it's not gonna last yes we would we would also say that too every single time enjoy it while it lasts and there's listen i i'll tell you right now if this covid shit is finally done by next year and they can get their full crew in there and they can get their full crowds in there it'll be a vintage g1 next year because the company is too deep with talent it'll be a great tournament again It'll be. I would bet on that, but this year it's not, and last year it wasn't, and I don't understand why that's controversial. And here's the thing: I'm getting sick of hearing too. This is always the retort. Well, I think people forget that there was there was always bad matches in the G1. Nobody has forgotten that. What you're forgetting is there were more great matches in the G1. That's what people are forgetting. Right. Nobody, are forgetting. nobody talks about or remembers the bad matches once the G1 is over. When, when it's December and we're compiling our match of the year, it's January compiling our match of the year. Nobody gives a shit about the bad matches in G1. They're they're completely everybody irrelevant. Knows there, everyone knows there's bad matches every year. No one has forgotten that. Dopey. What you are all forgetting is how great this tournament used to be on a year in year out basis and a show in show out basis, where you would have Usually, a, like a solid match of the year contender, night one and night two. Great matches right out of the gate. Night one and night two were always so great. You get the big upset. You'd always get one or two great matches because they would come out strong with a, with a big matchup out of the block. Okay? And we just haven't had the great matchups this year. And I stand by my opinion that we haven't had a match of the year contender. And everybody's retort is, uh, is Shingo Ishii. Right? That's what everybody's saying. Um, uh, Shingo, Shingo Ishii from night one. I am willing to, I, I throw, pull up this audio when our match of the year, I think we have a pretty good feel for the match of the year poll that we do every year. Shingo Ishii isn't going to sniff match of the year. It, it will not. Yeah. We, we usually like, I, I can't say that we always get the order right. I think we, every single year you and I have talked before match of the year gets started. I think we've predicted the winner every single time. Uh, this entire thing, every single year that we've done it from 2013 until 2020, I think you and I have both kind of, independently you know or, or sort of off air correctly predicted who would be number one we usually have a pretty good idea of the top five maybe not the order exactly but yeah i think we have a pretty solid idea of what's going to finish top 10 what's going to finish mostly in the top 25 a few things sneak in here and there obviously but it's, listen it was a great match yeah oh yeah that was that was not a match of the year caliber match. no it won't sniff it it won't be anywhere near it and i went four and a half on it i did too match. i did too i thought it was great but yeah it's not gonna sniff it not this year I, and i thought it was, and i do think it's the best match of the tournament but that's but that's not going to sniff the match of the year. I don't even know if that'll get one first place vote. I'd be surprised if that got one first place vote for match of the year. That's not going to challenge for match of the year. And G and and vintage G ones constantly have matches that challenge for match of the year. And yes, we've pulled up the evidence. <laughs> got them all. Got them all got right here. Are you ready? Rich, there hasn't been a. I don't want. Hold on, th- th- because I, I want to do this a certain way. Okay. Um, you you pulled up all the ones that finished top twenty five, but I you don't even have to go that far with it. Like G ones, typically they produce 
legitimate match of the year contenders, if not winners. There have been winners that come out. That's not going to happen this year based on what we've seen so far. Um, you know, and, and everyone's leaning on this Shingo Ishii match. Okay, all right. Let's benefit of the doubt. Okay, maybe I'm underrating that one. Give me the next best match in this tournament. And is it even going to finish in the top 25 of a match of the year poll? Where's the match? What is it? It doesn't exist. I just gave you the stats. On Cage Match, there's been two matches so far. Two that have finished nine, that are currently at nine or higher. Two. We used to get two per show. And if you think I'm lying, go look it up. This is not a vintage tournament. We're not getting the cavalcade of great matches. I've got seven notebook matches through ten nights. That's not even one per show. Show me the G1 prior to 2020, prior to COVID, where we weren't averaging one notebook match per show. Are you kidding me? You're getting two, three a night. You'd have your bad night now and then. Bad nights is where you'd only have one. Bad nights is where only the main event would deliver. <laughs> right, right, right. That's a good night now. A good night now is when, when the main event delivers and you get some nice little three-star matches underneath. Okay? We got to be realistic about this thing. Okay? There's been years, 2016 had four top 10 matches, including, <laughs> the, including the number one match. You think you're getting that this year? 2014, we had number one and number two. We're from the G1. Number one and number two. You think we're getting that this year? That's a vintage G1. What we're seeing here with Zack Sabre Jr.'s cute little grapple fuck matches that I'm throwing <laughs> three and three quarters on, this is not a vintage G1. I mean, people are acting like Zack Sabre Jr. Has, is, is on this fucking incredible tear. In a decent G1, he'd be like the seventh best wrestler with the, with the output that he's at. Are you kidding me? He's not even averaging four stars on grapple for his matches. And everyone's talking about how great Zack Sabre Jr. I mean, he's having a nice little tournament. Shingo Ishii, through ten nights, would be like the seventh best match in a decent G1. I mean, do you agree or disagree? I mean, it'd be like the sixth or seventh. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I liked it. I loved it as well. I went four and a half with it as well. But yeah, we're talking about like it. It. it, it we're talking upper echelon here. We're not talking good little matches, great match. We're talking like bona fide, no doubt, match of the year contenders. And there's a lot. You know when they happen. You know what I mean? You know when AJ in 2014 when AJ Styles and Minoru Suzuki happened. The buzz around it was holy shit. This is the, one of the best things we've seen this year. Nothing is going to top this this year. In, in 2016, when we saw Naito and Kenny Omega. You know, in that G1. Same deal. It was like, oh my god, this is so incredible. This is so obviously one of the greatest matches we've ever seen. They followed up in 2017, too. They got top five there with Kenny Omega and Tetsuya Naito. You know, Shinsuke and Okada doing the the, the block final in 2014. I mean, when that was done, it was like, holy shit, that might contend with AJ Styles and Minoru Suzuki. I'm not sure which one's better, but it's going to be neck and neck. And it was a pretty close. If I remember correctly, that was a pretty close ballot as well. You have those, I mean, there's like these no-doubters, like, absolute no doubters and like you said Ishii and, and, and Shingo very very good match but I I really not, I, I will I that is not going to get one first place vote I can't unless say that it's not going to get a first place vote but unless I unless someone that's not a that come on now no one's voting that match of the year that wasn't the best match of the year. I mean it wasn't I don't think it's the best Shingo match of the year so I think if no. you're a big Shingo fan I think there's plenty of other options for you yeah so. I mean give me a break I mean it's it, you know that that'll, that's not getting a single first place vote unless someone's doing it to troll me that's you know that's the only way because that's not a that's not a match of the year caliber match. Be realistic here. Think of all the other matches that have happened this year. Shingo alone, that's like his fifth best match. Come on now, that's not getting match of the year. But um, yeah, no, I mean, you know, it, it's it, it, this doesn't have the same. Here's the other thing. 
There's currently one wrestler through night 10 who's averaging four stars per match per grapple, and that's Shingo. One wrestler. Rich, I have my notes right in front of me from all of these G1s going back to like 2015. There have been complete tournaments where I've had 11 wrestlers averaging over four stars. <laughs> yeah, one of the, some of those vintage 2013, 2014s when like low down the car, like Carl Anderson was having incredible tournaments and he was like the ninth best guy in the entire thing. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's like, it, it, I mean, I, you know, so yeah. I, I, again, I don't think I'm not, I'm not trying. I, I wasn't trying to make a hot take. I was looking. A lot of people agreed. I was surprised that almost anyone disagreed. Like, what are you watching? Like, you really think this is a vintage G1? How can you dispute that point? These, these shows have no energy, none. Half of these buildings, it feels like you're attending a funeral. You know, and then and and the, and the wrestlers feed off of that shit. They, you know, they're human beings. That's pro wrestling is an interactive fucking event. They feed off the crowd. You know, and and, and some of these shows just, you know, they've been a whole lot of okay. Now I'll say there hasn't been a lot of terrible stuff. There hasn't been. I think it has a high floor, a higher floor than normal, but a much much lower ceiling. I mean, it's not even close. I mean, and and the statistics bear that out. If you look at the show ratings on on uh, on Cage Match for this year, okay, there's been one show in this entire tournament that's averaging over eight, and that was Night Ten, the one that just happened. Which, by the way, in my review, I called the best night. <laughs> yeah, the, the accurate star rater Joe Lanza there. Yeah, you so called yeah, it the like, best night. I, like yeah, like I, everything I say lines up with the fucking consensus. Okay, so Night Ten with the 8.08 rating is the only show of this entire tour over eight. Rich, you go back before the pandemic to what I'm calling vintage G ones. And you've got multiple shows over nine and most of the shows over eight. It was like, it was like an off night. If a show got a rating that was like a fucking seven or a six. Now they're all sevens and sixes. You know what I mean? Like this is not a vintage tournament. Yeah, they even even for a little bit weathered the storm because we, we. I mean, there was obviously the thirteen and fourteen, which were just absolutely fucking. I, maybe fifteen. I forget what fifteen schedule was, but thirteen and fourteen was when they would do all the G one matches in one night, and those were just like I think I forget what the twenty thirteen one is like night five or night six or something like that. That's just like one of the greatest wrestling shows you've ever seen in your life. It is it is right up there in the upper 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 echelon of like great wrestling shows, and there's like seven four-star matches on that. It's just fucking ridiculous. And then when they did the split blocks, like we kind of worried, ah, you know, that's the end of those. That's the end of those shows. And they weathered that storm and they kept it up. And they kept, the, the the shows then would be the undercards would kind of stink. But then once the show got going, once the blocks things got going, you maybe have your one Yano match, your one Bad Luck Folly match, your one, you know, Tama Tonga match or whatever. But then pretty much everything else was just like exceptionally good wrestling after that. It's just it, it's it's okay to say that it's not what's happening this year. It's okay, you you know, like it's fine. It's good. It's it's. I've enjoyed the G one. I've really really enjoyed it so far. I you know I came in with very low expectations, but I've enjoyed it so far. I think it's fine. I'm also skipping all the bad wrestlers. I'm not watching. I like you're watching everything, which I'm sure is a lot harder. I'm just not watching Yano and Yujiro and 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 you know some of those guys, and that makes it a little bit easier. But like I think it's fine. But it's okay to just say that it's not 2017, and that's okay to say that it's not 2017. But it's not an affront. It doesn't mean that, you know, like, I don't know why people just get so bothered about that now. It's just, it's okay to say that. G1s were incredible in the past. It wasn't going to last. It might come back. Hopefully well, it, it comes it, back. And it wasn't going to meet that standard with clap crowds. No, it was never going to. At a field that looks like this one. I don't. So, again, I don't know why this is controversial. Uh, 
you know, and and I don't know. I mean, cage match pretty much backs me up with the show ratings. The fact that there's only been two matches rated nine or higher. When you can look it up. I'm not going to go through them all, but you can look it up. You go to, to those old G1s. There were individual shows that had two or three matches rated nine or higher. Throughout, like, peppered throughout the whole tournament. You'd get 10 or 11 by the thing was done. By the time the thing was done. We're not getting that this year. And most of the big matches are behind us. And Naito's out. And Naito's not going to wrestle another match. And most of the big matches are uh, big matchups are behind. I'm sure the final will be good. You know, I'm sure the block final will have some good matches. I mean, maybe. Look at those matchups, too, though. I, I mean, you know, it's like some of those matchups. We talked about it when we previewed the tournament. Like, the, the final nights are a little weird. Like, it's not like the big guns versus the big guns. In every instance, there's no. There's a lot, a lot of, of there's a lot of really good wrestlers that have probably wrestled their last great match. We'll, we'll talk about it in a bit. Like yeah. you, there's some guys where you're like, oh, what's up? Or, or like, oh man, he's got some real duds here for the next you know four shows or whatever. I was kind of surprised when I did the remaining opponents. There's there's a few dudes that you're like, oh, that's that's kind of it for them this year. Shit. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. I don't know why that tweet was controversial at all to anyone. Uh, I think the word soulless is what bothered a lot of people, but. Um, and maybe that was strong verbiage, but I mean, th- there there was a string of four or five shows in a row where there was just no energy whatsoever, and I was struggling to do the audio. I mean, I'm looking for angles, I'm looking for ways to be interesting, and it's hard to be interesting when nothing on the show is interesting. You know what I mean? And it's like when the energy on the sh- when the energy is just there's no energy in the buildings, there's no energy in the work. Okay, um, it, they. You just you, we're not getting on a night in night out basis that that typical G one energy from the wrestlers, and I know it's hard for them because they don't have the crowds. Night ten we had night ten felt like a G one show, and and a lot of these other shows have not felt like G one shows. They have just felt like good little shows with some decent little matches, but you didn't have that G one punch. You didn't have that G1 energy. You didn't have that G1 effort. Night 10 had it. It was really – Night 10 really has been the only night of this entire tour that felt like a vintage G1 show. And and that's with me saying that I don't think there's been a bad show. There's been a lot of average shows. There's been a couple pretty good shows. And then Night 10 was felt like a vintage G1 show. And if you want to talk about energy and just a big match – feel we're going to talk about the n1 later that's what i'm talking about you go watch both n1 semifinals and the n1 final and that is what we're lacking in the g1 this year that kind of feel that kind of energy that kind of work we haven't had it yet and typically we do every night that's all i'm saying so the decent little tournament sure but i mean you know I don't know why it's so offensive to say, you know, and, and Rich, Rich, you know, he dug up all the top 25 finishers in the match of the year poll from 2013 to 2019. But uh, you, you just look at the top 10. I mean, and that tells a story. Yeah, it, it's pretty wild. Yeah, just just quick, do it real quickly right. here. Just to give me an idea of how great G1s used to be and how you can not even fairly compare it to this year or, or, or even last year as well. So 2013. Uh, first year we did our match of the year poll. Number four was Shibata and Ishii. Number five was Nakamura and Kotobushi. This is the results from, from the Voices of Wrestling match of the year poll, by the way, of which Joe and I only have one 
I have a vote, Joe has a vote. So it's not like, oh, well, of course you guys think those, you know, no. This is a lot of people voting on these things, not just us, if you're not familiar with their match of the year. Uh, number six, Ishii and Tanahashi, and then number 24, Okada versus Tanahashi. But really, so three, top 10 is the best way to look matches, at it. So three, three, three top 10s. Three top 10s and another one in the top 25. And these aren't all finals. These are random matches from random nights. It's not like these are just, you know, final matches. 2014, three top 10s. Yeah, yeah. number one, AJ Styles, Minoru Suzuki. Number two, Shinsuke Nakamura, Okada. Number 10, Shibata versus Hanma. And then number 18 was Okada and Minoru Suzuki. So so the winner and the number two. Yeah. And a third match in the top. You're not getting that this year. <laughs> 2015, a little bit of a down year. Only four. Uh, number four here, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Shinsuke Nakamura. That's fourth. Oh, sorry, three total. Uh, AJ Styles and Hiroshi Tanahashi was 16th. And Okada versus Nakamura was 21st. So a down year in 2015 for the G1. 2016, four top 10. Yeah, matches. then they got it back on track here in 2016. Ninth Omega. 40, 40% of the top 10 were G1 was matches. G1 now, hold on now. Seriously, do you think you're getting that? No, God, no. So why is it unfair to say this isn't a vintage year? Yeah, exactly. Naito and Omega, number one. Okada and Ishii, number five. Tanahashi and Okada, number nine. Number 10, Omega versus Goto. I mean, come on. That's a vintage G1. 2017, number four, Kenny Omega, Tetsuya Naito. Number six, Kenny Omega, Okada. Number 13, Naito and Ibushi. Number 14, Okada, Minoru Suzuki. Number 17, Tanahashi and Tetsuya Naito. So that's five in the top top. 20, yeah. And and six in the top 20. 22, Okada versus Michael Elgin, just outside of the top 20. 2018, five in the top 25. (laughs) Three in the top 10. Three in the top 10 and numbers three and number four. 2019, six in the top 25 and three in the top 10. And and last year was I don't think was a vintage year, so nobody cares about 2020. Um, but uh, cause yeah, highest finisher a, last year, 12th. Uh, Okada and Shingo, that, and that's what this year is gonna be. That's like where fucking Shingo Ishii is gonna finish. Like absolutely, because if you remember when Okada Shingo happened, people were like, oh, here we go, G1, <laughs> it's back, and then like it, yeah. That's yeah. kind of it, you know what I mean? They're, like they're you know, cuts Abushi uh, uh, Suzuki got 15th. And then Naito versus Tanahashi got top 20. So they got three in the top 20. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, you know, and I think this year is going to be a lot tougher of a field with AEW with full crowds, a lot of other places with full crowds, with, with you know, Noah, you know, having some some good stuff that we're going to talk about here in a little bit. I mean, there's, there's yeah, there's a lot of competition this year. Can we do a little exercise? Can you pull up Grapple real quick? I can pull up Grapple, yes. Can we compare Zack Sabre Jr.'s grapple ratings to my ratings and so I can prove that I'm not crazy? All right, let's do that. So I, you want me to go night by night on Zack Sabre I, Jr. matches? Now, I concede I'm probably going to be a little lower. Yeah, because I, I think he's had a pretty good tournament. but uh, I do too. Okay. Why do you thing. hate – but tell me why you hate Zack Sabre Jr. and think he sucks. Here's the thing. I think he's been the second best wrestler in the tournament behind Shingo. But I, what I don't think is that he's having like this classic G1. Because I think if this were a vintage G1, he'd be like the seventh best guy in the tournament. That's that's my point. But I do think he's been – I've enjoyed every one of his matches, every one of them. And I think he's been only behind Shingo. And if you think he's been better than Shingo, I'm not going to fucking die on the hill. All right, you got Grapple pulled up? Yeah, I do. I also wanted to make a quick note here that uh, Dynamite just ended and we – doubled our viewership so you know what i mean like when we're talking about how there were, remember when there was times where we would record on a wednesday and it would like it would stay pretty level and half the chat room would be watching dynamite and half the chat room would be listening to us no people were just like fuck voices of wrestling we're watching fucking dynamite now it's over we've doubled our viewership in in, in minutes so wrestling no when it's good when wrestling is good people watch it it's very strange no spoilers in the chat room you geeks no spoilers sean cedor i'll kick you out again <laughs> oh wow you kicked him out 
I kicked him out before because he's uh, in there. I put no spoilers, and the guys in there are fucking jumping oh, in with spoilers. Sean. All right, so nice boy. Uh, we, we apologize, Sean. But all right, night one was Naito versus Zack Saber. Yep, Naito versus Zack Saber Jr. Grapple four point one eight. I have three and three quarters. That's like a little more than a quarter star difference. Yep. Okay. You think I'm off the reservation for that? Um, I liked it a little bit more than you. Uh, I went four and a quarter, uh, so I liked it a lot. But I'm more in line with what Grapple had. I think you're a little low on that, but that's you know not totally unrealistic. You, you were a little above Grapple. I was a little below Grapple. Yeah. All right, mm-hmm. night three. Uh, night three, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Shingo. Yep, that is uh, currently on Grapple, 4.42. I went four stars on Zack Sabre Jr. versus Shingo, so notebook out of me. So, yep, uh, I went four and a quarter on that one too. So so Grapple's a little higher than both of uh, both you and I on that, so. Night five, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Ibushi. I love this match. So I, I went four and a half. Uh, uh-huh. It's probably my favorite match of the G1 so far. Uh, you, you grapple 4.08. Okay. This is the first one where I'm way off. I went three and a quarter. I didn't think it was. You're nuts. Good. You're nuts. I didn't, I didn't like it that much. I thought Ibushi, but I, it wasn't Zack. I, I think Ibushi's having a bad tournament. Um, but that'll be our next topic, I guess. Night... Seven. So there's one where I'm out of my mind. So nights. Yeah, you're right. Well, actually, you know what? Honestly, Dakota, you're you're out of your mind. But like, I am way higher than I'm. So like, I'm a, closer than you. I, honestly, I think you're right, aren't you? Because I'm point five higher than Grapple. I think. I, I think. No, I. We're both equally. Yeah, we're both. I'm way higher than they are. You are way lower than they are. So you're kind of. We're we're both in the middle. We're there, both. But. We're we're both. Uh, yeah, we're both crazy. We're both outliers right, and crazy, so. but that's fine. Night seven, uh, Grapple. This is great. Ocon versus Zack Saber Jr. Uh, average on Grapple three point eight one right now. I had uh, three and a half. So. Yeah, I was I was actually the same on that. So you and I are exactly the same there. We're uh, eh, pretty, pretty much on the number. It's yeah. Right on the, right. yeah, a little bit less than the number, like quarter star on the number. All right, so then we have uh, night nine was Ishii. Zach yep, Saber. Ishii and Zack Saber Jr. Grapple right now four point one one. I had three and three quarters. Okay, yeah, I'm four, so we're we're both kind of right in the line there. So, yep. So I had one match where I was ridiculously low versus the consensus with Zach, and then otherwise yeah. just a little low on a the others, low. but not like dramatically lower. But I knew that I knew I was a little low. Um, but I, I and I do think for me he's been the second best wrestler in the tournament. I just do you think he's having a classic G one? Uh, I don't think he's having a classic G1. I think he's having a good G1, and he's telling a lot of cool stories throughout the G1. But like, no, we're like classic G1s are are yeah, no, like that. That's again, like if you just started watching two years ago or three years ago, and I don't mean to be gatekeepy and stuff like right, that. Right, then right. like, yeah, okay, maybe this is quote unquote a classic G1. But man, go watch some of those old G1s if you yeah, think like, this is a classic G1. See, like, see, when people say that, I'm picturing like vintage Ishii having right. Ishii, Ishii would go out there every. I mean, fucking Hanma. Remember there was that one Hanma year, yeah. maybe 2014 where he just went out there and every single night was just like he did it again this motherfucker did it again what a great match like Mike, yeah Mike, Mike Elgin is that yes before. yes the 2016 um, I want to say was the one where he had just an incredible Hiroki G1 Goto has had better G1s than this Let yeah like here. yeah it, it, when we're talking when we're talking classic G1 runs it's yeah you're talking Shibata that one you're talking Ishii you're talking Hanma uh, you're talking. I mean, Tanahashi would go out there every single night and have. Just... And, and we haven't even mentioned Okada and Omega. And <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Those guys were also in G1s. And, and, and were awesome. they were years where they just crushed it every night. Remember the the Marufuji, the Marufuji G1. It was so good. Where these guys would just crush it every night, and the only time they wouldn't is when they took the night off versus Yano. Yeah, or Fale. Oh. They would have a Fale match to take the night off. 
Yeah, and I mean, it's uh, so t- I don't put the, the oh, it's been good. I, like, I think he's had a very, very good G1. I'm bright with you. I think he's probably had the second best G1, but no, when we're talking class, we mean like just going out there and just uh, I'd say my top three are uh, 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 so, uh no, I'm fucking <laughs> Shingo Takagi, wish it was still Kojima. So, Shingo Takagi, Zack Sabre Jr., and he's gotten a lot of you know, he's gotten a lot of. Shit talked about him, but Hiroki Goto, I think, is having a very fun tournament. I do, too. I think he's working his ass off. Yeah, I don't know where. Yeah, uh, I, I think Goto's had great. So those are my top three right now is those guys. I think Shingo's my top guy. I've got seven notebook matches. He's in three of them. Yeah. So at the Ishii match, obviously, he's the best match of the tournament. The Zack Sabre Jr. match we just talked about, I went for. And then the the uh, the Ibushi match, which was Ibushi's best match, I thought, was against Shingo from night nine. And I'd probably go Zack second. And then I don't know who I would go third. I mean, you know, I really, you know, Okada. Okada he's had a very good tournament. Okada's probably, if, if you ask me it's my top five, he, he's probably in that top five for sure. Yeah, because he had the Tanahashi match, and I thought the Sonata match, um, which, you know, you never know how those matches are going to go. And I thought it went well. I thought the Yoshihashi match was. I was going to say, if my top five, if you give me my five, I think I might have Yoshihashi in that top five, which means it's, it's probably means it's not a vintage G1 for the record, but like, I think he's been fine. He's had a pretty fun tournament, but like, again, no, like, that's not a vintage G1 if Yoshihashi is in my top five. Like, it's just not. It's, see, we're haggling. Like, we don't, our first two were both easy. Neither one of us have like a clear number three. And it's not because eight, eight more guys have been awesome. It's because we're looking for someone else that was awesome. Doesn't this speak to our point? Like, we're, we're trying to find a third guy who's been awesome. What G1 between 2013 and 2019 were you struggling to find a third guy who was awesome? It just, it just didn't happen. So, I hate to keep belaboring the point, but, I mean, that's kind of where we're at with this thing. Um, who else did you want to talk about specifically? I know we're not going to talk about everybody, but... Um, did you want to talk about Goto or someone else? Who'd you want to talk about? Okay, am I gone or is Rich gone? Can somebody in the chat room help me out here? Can you hear me or can you hear Rich or can you hear nobody? Because I cannot hear Rich. So if Rich is there, he is talking to himself. I could hear something in the background, so I think Rich just walked away. Um, so while Rich is going to the bathroom or whatever it is he's doing, I think Jeff Cobb has been solid in the tournament. I think that uh, Goto has been solid in the tournament. Rich, whenever you're there, just let me. I'm here. Back. Yes, I'm right, back. So what I said was, while you when you walked away, um, was I think what exemplifies our point here is that. We came up with our both of us came up with our top two guys pretty easily, but we both kind of are struggling to come up with the third best guy in the tournament. And not because eight other guys have all been awesome. It's because we're looking for one other guy who might have been awesome. And that's never been a problem in years past. In years past, you're kind of It was embarrassment of riches. Like I said, like I said that twenty thirteen, yeah. I'll always remember that like Hiroshi Tenzan had a great tournament. <laughs> he was like the eighth best guy in the entire thing. Like that's yeah, so you know, that's what so, we're talking about. So did you have anyone else? So then what I said was, did you have anyone else that you wanted to talk about specifically for good or bad reasons? Because I know we're not going to uh, talk. Well, do you want to talk about yeah, everyone? Let's, let's do I it. I think we can quickly right. do it. We've, we've touched on a few of the guys, so I think we can pretty quickly do it. So, yeah. yeah, we'll go to the A block here. Uh, 
big tie at the top of the A block. Uh, a classic Gato G1 booking here with a four. So that is vintage with uh, many people still up for grabs on the final night here. But you have Zack Sabre Jr. at eight, Okan at eight, Kenta at eight, Abushi at eight. So we'll start with Zack Sabre Jr. Okay, here. Thing, and I want to throw this in there quickly. The thing about that is Zack Sabre Jr. has one more match in the bag. So he's technically ahead of all these guys because the other three are four and two and he's four and one. So he has an extra match of which he can score some points. Right. So that's important to note. So uh, anyway, Zack Sabre Jr. I think we talked about. I think we both agree he's having a really good tournament. Absolutely. So his remaining opponents, Kenta, Tangaloa, Yudro Takahashi, and Toro Yano, which, which bodes well for him. I think this is, I mean, Kenta is obviously the one that, that, that could be an interesting case there, but, but he's probably going to be, I mean, I think it's almost a lot that he's going to beat Yudro Takahashi. Uh, Yano, who knows? Like maybe that's a, a way that they uh, get out of that. But um, yeah, I don't he's, know. The problem is he's ahead of everyone and he has the tiebreakers over Abushi, Great Okan. Like a lot of the big names, he well, has he might just break. be winning the A block. You know what I mean? Like he might just be winning it. So and Shingo, he's got the tiebreaker over Shingo, Okan, and Abushi. He still has the Kenta match, and obviously Yano could beat anyone. But yeah, the thing is, he owns so many tiebreakers and has the extra match in hand that if they're going to make this thing interesting, he's going to have to drop a couple more. Who's his opponent on the final night? Uh, his that? opponent on the final night is going to be do, 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 Tangaloa, which is, man, that's a tough, weird a shitty loss upset. to take. <laughs> yeah, when you, especially when the whole story of the tournament is how he's like a master tactician and he's working everybody over and he's, he's just doing an incredible job, but they might be forced to get cute there. I don't know. That's going to be tough. Well... Rich Krejci. Um, who are the tag team champions? Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> That's... So do you see where I'm going with this? I do. I do. Yeah. Could they have Zack Sabre Jr. lose to Tangaloa to set up? Oh, certainly. Oh, they for sure can. I just think it's a, it's a really bad way to end the story. I mean, the, the story has been how he's just methodically just breaking these guys down and just outworking everybody and doing all this sort of stuff. So they probably, I mean, they have to, I think you gotta, I, I, if you're going to have Zack Sabre Jr. Just lose to Tangaloa, given how the tournament's gone for him. And, and I don't know if I'm crazy for saying this, but like, I feel like you need to do something where Zack Sabre Jr. Is at some disadvantage going into that match. You know what I mean? He's going to be against Yano uh, the night prior to that. So I don't know if you could have some weird injury angle or something like that, or oh, his leg isn't working right or his, arm is fucked up or something because I think you you can't have a, a perfectly healthy Zack Sabre Jr. go out there and lose to Tonga Loa to l eliminate him from the G1, right? Not with the story they've told so far. I mean, he beat all the big guns already. That's so. what I mean. It'd be such a stupid story to have him just like outwork all the big guns and then fucking just lose to Tonga Loa, you know, unless I guess you can get nefarious and Tama Tonga can come in. You can do some run-in, some bullshit like that if you really want to, but that's a shitty way to end it. I, I just don't know if there's a good way to end this. Here's the problem. Because there's three Wrestle Kingdom shows. This all doesn't matter. Yeah, why are we why do we argue about this? It doesn't matter. He could, they've you know. kind of ruined the concept of like because anyone can win. Right. This. We're trying to we're trying to act like there's one main eventer that's gonna main event Wrestle Kingdom and sell tickets to the Tokyo Dome, and there's just that's just not the case anymore. So So these things are impossible to even attempt to You can just win it. Yeah, you can just easily win it too, you know? Okay. Anyone can win it. Yeah. Because you're gonna have presumably three title matches, at least two. At minimum, there's going to be two title matches and a dumb little mini tournament again, maybe three. And you have these briefcase defenses. So it's like anyone can win 
the G1 now, it, the, the multiple Wrestle Kingdom shows have really taken some of the juice out of it. Right, because we used to spend all this time saying, okay, well, what about this guy? And then they're like, there's no way they're going to main event Wrestle Kingdom with, you know, right. this guy. So just eliminate him. Like, they need to sell tickets. They're not going to sell tickets with that guy. So, yeah. So it, I get it. You want to run multiple Dome shows. You want to run Russell, multiple Wrestle Kingdoms. You want to make as much money as possible. Sure, absolutely. If that, and look, in a normal year, you're going to sell all your tickets for the G1 regardless so i get it i understand it but that doesn't mean that it makes it le- doesn't make it less interesting it is less interesting now it just is i mean or you could argue it's more interesting because it's more wide open i guess you could argue it from that standpoint. yeah i could see people saying that i like stakes i like knowing that this dude's the man you know what i mean this I guy right now won yeah. this tournament and he's going to wrestle kingdom and he's going and they would always do the dopey brief they would do some of the dopey briefcase stuff but but usually it was a formality or whatever but he kind of knew that that at the end of the day okada wasn't going to lose the briefcase to you know Godo and in the build up to, to you know wrestle kingdom or whatever but like yeah i like knowing that at the end of that tournament that dude held up the trophy and that was the dude that was going to main event wrestle kingdom against the champion and that was cool so Ocon has eight points. He started off 4-0, and and he's lost two in a row. Uh, you kind of figured he was going to go on kind of a losing run once he started 4-0. and I think he's had an interesting tournament. I find his work uh, very interesting and different than everybody else on the roster. And I thought the match with Zack Sabre Jr. was a lot of fun and, and, and proved that Ocon can do something a little different. I loved how it was like an MMA-style tap in that match. Uh, where Zach just kind of caught him and he tapped quickly like it was a like a real tap, not a pro wrestling tap where they, oh, let me see how long I could fight this. No, he got caught in the armbar and yeah. he fucking tapped immediately, which was cool. And it's a cool it's a cool story in a tournament as well. It's a smart because Okan's a smart wrestler. I mean that that is one thing that you can absolutely say about Great Okan. He's a very very smart wrestler, and he is smart to know that that there, there's there's a purpose and a reason to do the quick tap out in like a tournament setting of saying, hey, look, if this was the G1 final. Okay, maybe I can sit in this armbar a little bit, try to get out. But he's like, ah, you know what? Fuck it. There's no point in working. You know what? I don't want my arm to get hurt. I got a bunch more matches to go. Forget it. I'll tap out. The better man won today. That's fine. Move on. And that's a smart. That's a smart wrestling move by him. So he, he's 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 definitely a thinking man's wrestler, and I appreciate that. So I don't think Abushi has had a great tournament. Um, he started off zero and two, so you knew he was going to make the big comebacks. So now he's four and two. He's got the eight points. He might be the one who catches and passes Zach as he tries to win his third in a row. I don't think he's been great here. Um, I've been let down by most of his performances. I don't think his matches have been bad. Again, I don't think there's been many bad matches in the tournament. No, no, no. He's just been yeah, he's been underwhelming, I think is probably the best way to say he's it. He's been it's underwhelming just, for sure. You just you have a certain idea of what a Kotobushi match is gonna be. And and like last year's Kotobushi Tomaru Ishii match was probably my favorite match of the entire G1. I love that match, and I, I was so excited to see him this year, and I watched it, and I was just like, meh, good, it's fine, you know what I mean? And, like, yeah, it's not bad, it's just, yeah, there's there's such high standards for Kotobushi, and he's, he's just not meeting those right now, and it, it's clear that, I don't know if that's, the, the story is that he's unhealthy or not quite healthy, or he's truly, like, kind of getting his win back or whatever, it's probably a little bit of both, a little bit A, a little bit of B, but I think he's had a very underwhelming tournament, so I, I don't think that that's too hot of a take. So you look at that too, like on top of all the people missing, on top of Naito wrestling one match, and then Kota Ibushi underwhelming. I mean, these are all factors as to why this hasn't been, you know, a classic G1. Um, But the thing, if he's going to pass Sabre, remember, he lost head to head. He's got a, so technically he's two points behind and he has, and Sabre has the match in hand, the extra match to wrestle. So it's almost like a four point lead. If you want to look at it. Right, right, right. Yeah, you're right. Because, yeah, he's got – so Obushi's got Okan, Kenta, and, and, and Tangaloa left. Um, those are easily, you know, all wins, I, I you know, if you want to for Kota Bushi, yeah, he But, could, yeah. He could, he could beat anybody. But 
he has to finish with more points than Saber, and that's where it gets tricky. So Saber really has to Saber has to finish with three losses. So with his four matches left, he's got to lose two of them. So do you see two losses in there for Saber? And that's the problem with Saber. I don't. I see. I, the Kenta is, is a very real possibility, and I guess Yano would be a possibility. But like, truly, like, what do I th- see as losses? I see Those Kenta. Are your two. Yeah, that's it. And then I guess the Tongaloa, like you said, but I, I don't love that either. I think Tongaloa's beating him and challenger for those. <laughs> I'm sure you're right. I know you're right. I know you're right. It's just, uh, uh. Um, so then Kenta, of course, we talked about him a little bit. I think he's been he's been Kenta. I don't have a. Uh, a hot take. Yeah, you know, Kenta is, and I think I, I, I we realized this a couple years ago. We realized this last year, and I realized it during this tournament too. I'm just like, you know, I'm starting to enjoy Kenta again because that's just I know it's not Kenta, but it's Kenta. You know what I mean? It's not the Kenta, but it's a Kenta, and your it's fine. Your expectations are realistic now. Yeah, I'm just like, hey, Kenta, he's what he he is what Kenta is now, and it's fine, yeah. and I enjoy it, and I like it. I'm no longer thinking, ah, man, this isn't the Kenta. You know what I mean? This isn't one of the greatest of all time, Kenta. It's just, it's Kenta, and it's fine, and he's been perfectly fine this tournament. He's physically shot, and he's doing other things to make his matches interesting. Yeah, and he's great at all that stuff, too. He's he's really good at so much of the other stuff. So, yeah, I, I he's perfectly fine. So, Shingo has six points, and he's three and two, which... I just can't understand how they're booking the guy. I figured he'd be more in the mix, and that doesn't mean he can't run off a bunch of wins in a row now. But again, he lost to Saber, and he's already two points behind, and he has to make up the extra two points. This fucking guy's done, right? Like, yeah, I, I mean, he's got so he's got Okan, Tangaloa, Yujiro, and Yano, so he can probably win all of those. But well, he's the champ, he should be a <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> I agree. I thought this is the year where they were just going to say, you know what, fuck it. Because we have the multiple domes, we have all this sort of stuff. He's our champion. Let's just have him win. Like, he, he could have very easily just won this entire thing. And he's taking, he's fucking taking pitfalls and losing all over the place. I'm like, oh, okay. That, I was surprised. I was very surprised by a few of the losses he took. And not, not necessarily, the Sabre one was, I think that's a good way to build up a, a, a future match between those two guys. But I think it'll be pretty good. To me, that's it. And again, this is a big reason why I don't want Sabre losing to Tangaloa. I mean, he just beat Shingo Takagi. And like... He took him to the absolute limit and beat the champion in, in 27 minutes. Like, I don't want that guy losing to fucking Tangaloa. So, I mean, they're going to find a way to have Zach, Shingo, and Ibushi in the mix in the final. Right. I think they'll all get to 12, right? And then um... and, and, and whoever's going to win. Ah, Zach's got to lose so much, though. Who's he losing? I guess he's losing to Yano for sure. Yeah, but they do. Like, in the heat of the moment, you don't think they can do it, but then they do it. And they just start losing all their matches. Remember Moxley that one year was like 5-0 and or something? Yeah, yeah. Just, they just do it. They just You just lose. You just keep and, losing. And, yeah. and you just lose. Um, Yano's been Yano. Do we need to spend any time no, on him? No, move on. Um, Ishii, I don't think he's been vintage Ishii, but I think he's shown up in some spots. Like, I, obviously, obviously the Shingo match was great, and, um, and the... Uh, the other Ishii I like the I like the Kenta Ishii match a lot. Yeah, it wasn't uh, spectacular. I just I, I I it was it was it's not what again <laughs> you had to temper your expectations. Yeah, you can't think oh my god it's Kenta and Ishii you got to think yeah it's Kenta and Ishii that's cool. All, all you need to know about Ishii is we're ten nights in and I have him in my notebook once. Oh, that's not yeah, that is not vintage G one. That that is what I will tell you. That dude would rack up, <laughs> rack I, we, clean up in match of the year. And clean up in in overall ratings at the at the end of the G one. So, and I mean, we don't have time to do it, but I'm sure I I, I line up with Grapple and Cage match because he hasn't had what are, where are the other great matches? He's had the one. I mean, he hasn't had another great match. Joe, here's a great way to talk about if it's a vintage G one versus a not vintage G one. You used to not let people talk about Wrestler of the Year until the G one was over. That's right. Remember that? 
Yep. People would say, ah, uh, it's July. Who's your... And you would say, no, <laughs> we're not doing it until after the G1. Because it'll be obvious who the wrestler of the year is after the G1. After the G1, someone becomes obvious. <laughs> right. You would say that every year. And you would not even they, let people address the idea of who was wrestler of the year because you said the G1 has not happened yet. Who has increased the wrestler of the year resume in the G1 this year? I guess Shingo has a little. No one else has. No. Nobody else has. So that's, that's another great example of it. Yeah, you would just not even let the discussion happen. But Shingo's been the best guy. I think in a vintage year, he'd be like the fifth or sixth best guy with the right. year he's having. I agree. I agree. Because he's not having like some blow away G1. See, right now at this point in the tournament, we're normally talking about someone who's having this epic. We're fucking right. How can he keep this him. up? Is he going to do it against all these guys? What's he going to do? He's got three more matches. Can they all be great? Yeah. Right. Um, so Tangaloa. He's disappointed me a little. I thought he'd be better. Yeah, he's yeah, he's, he's kind of yeah. I think he, he stinks really again. Good. I don't know what happened, but he's not good again. So I mean, I don't think he's been bad. It sounds like you're more down on him than I am. Harrison Bader gets hit by another pitch. No way. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah, this team. Pitch. Jesus Christ! I can't do it. I can't do it. Um, it's one one, by the way. No win. Harrison Bader's gonna hit a walk off fucking double or some shit. Yeah, no. It's... Sosa will come off the bench and hit a fucking. <laughs> um, no, it's gonna be some crappy white guy that I've never heard of. That you know, he's a tw- they, the endless supply of twenty-eight-year-old white guys that you've never heard of. You follow baseball, you follow prospects, you've never heard of this twenty-eight-year-old white guy that's on the fucking Cardinals. And, and here comes, yeah, here comes Cosmo to beat the Nats. That's right, <laughs> Cosmo, like a David Freeze is like the greatest player on earth for an entire postseason. Yeah. <laughs> Um, he has 19 home runs in a month. You know what I mean? It's the devil magic, man. Fucking Christ. Yeah. Um, remember Alan Craig? Yes, I do remember Alan Craig. Had this incredible year where he was putting up like Votto numbers, and then they traded him to Boston, and he was out of the league within a year. Yeah, it was completely done. It's some magic there. Um, I don't know what it is, but uh, I hate it. <laughs> I hate it so much. Huge, huge has four points. He's two and two, or two and three rather. Um, he's, <laughs> look, he, he upset Abushi on night one and debuted a new finisher. So he he it's the big juice yeah. that he's calling it the elevated DDT. And um, look, I think Yujiro's uh, been fine. I think by Yujiro standards, he's he's probably over delivered to some extent. Again, there hasn't been a lot of bad matches in the tournament, so. Um, you know, the floor has been... I have a lot of, like, two and three quarters in my fucking, you know, in my notes. Which, I mean, again, you didn't use that <laughs> two and three quarters no. in these things. And then Naito only wrestled one match, and it was good. So, I don't I don't know. I don't really have anything to say about Naito other than that was a rough break. Anything else to say about any of these guys in the... Uh, uh, I don't. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, he, he, big deal for, for Naito going out. And like you said, another thing that probably hurts a lot of this G1 is, is you're losing of all of Naito's output. Um, when it was already had. a depleted field. I mean, you know, it, it was, and then you lose that guy. So Cobb and Okada are tied to 5-0. I am on team. Let them be undefeated for the final match. Of Absolutely. The yeah, why would you? And I really hope they do that. I really hope. I mean, because you look at the, the guys left for Cobb, and all these are very... I mean, you have evil... Sonata and Tanahashi. He should beat evil. Don't get cute. Just have him beat evil. He well, I I know they're going to. I know they're going to. I'm just I'm hoping I'm hoping he's listening. But I know. I know we're gonna talk about it in a bit. They're gonna get cute and evil's gonna beat him. But like it's so easy to just have Cobb beat evil, beat Sonata, 
beat, uh, beating Tanahashi would be a huge thing too. You know what I mean? And it gets, okay, Jeff Cobb is undefeated. He's a member of the United Empire. He's kind of the, the, the conduit for Will Ospreay at this point. And he goes to the final night and he's against Okada. And then, yeah, he can lose to Okada. Whatever you want to do with that, you can do. But, like, yeah, I, I think it's such an easy story and such a good story to tell that they're definitely going to have him lose to Evil. So I don't even know why I'm talking they're, about it anymore. <laughs> so. The bottom line is they're not going to go into the final night of the block with only two guys alive and they're wrestling each other. Exactly, right. And in They order should. To- <laughs> they won't. Yeah, because if Cobb beats Evil... Then both Cobb and Okada have wins over Evil, and Evil has two more losses. Than Good. <laughs> Good. Yeah, but they're not going to do that. I know. So you know, you know Evil's going to beat Cobb. Um, and I've heard someone laid out a scenario that I thought was terrifying because it could happen, where Evil wins on the final night, and then Cobb and Okada draw to send Evil through. Oh, I mean, that's plausible, God. too. I mean, that's plausible, too. The only reason oh, I they're laying that, in the middle of the ring, ding, 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 and then Evil's just peering through the curtain. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Dick Toko's just grabbing his chest, laughing. Oh, God. Or, or. There's House worse? There's something worse? Yeah. Or House of Torture influences the draw. Oh. Like they knock out the ref. They, they turn the, the lights out. They turn the lights out and beat up both guys, and the lights come back on, and both guys are down. I mean,. But, um, it's not unrealistic. This G1 has had a match end via lights out. So it's not unrealistic, Joe. So, I mean, I think they're going to keep Evil alive and alive. Evil <sighs> could win the block. I mean, he could definitely win the block. <sighs> I mean, there's no doubt about that. But I think Cobb has been really good in the tournament. Oh, he's been he great. Yeah, Cobb's great. He hasn't had a lot of chances to be, like, in the main event. So, you know, he's working the, the, the spot where you get 11 minutes a lot of the time. But... He's really been good, and I think Okada's been really good. I mean, gun to my head, he's probably been the third best guy for me. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I don't think, you know, Cobb beat Okada before the tournament. It'd be a bold move to have him beat Okada again, or even have a draw with him, because that's really, okay, now you're pushing him as a top guy if he's beating Okada twice in a row, or if Okada just can't beat this guy. So I don't know if they have the balls to do that with Cobb. I feel like it's just going to be what we said in the beginning. Evil will win earlier in the night. And then because Cobb beat Okada last time, Okada beats Cobb in the main event to advance. I think let's not overthink this. I think that's what they're going to do. Tanahashi's got the six points. He's been good. I mean, he's Tanahashi. He's good. So, um, you know, the Okada match, it was a, you know, classic Tanahashi Okada match. Not one of their best, but I don't think it was one of their worst either. Lower middle. I'd put it lower middle out of their matches. I thought it was better than the match they had in Dallas, which was just playing the hits. This one was a little better than that. But overall, I think Tanahashi's been okay. Would you agree or disagree? Yeah, I would, I would, yeah, I would agree. And I, I liked, I mean, I thought I thought Okada Tanahashi was pretty good, but it, it felt more, like you said, like a tribute to the great match that those guys had as opposed to, like, again, a, a classic of vintage, you know, Tanahashi Okada. It was fine. You know, it, it was perfectly okay. Uh, if it's the final one, like whatever, like I, I don't they've know. Had worse, but they've had mostly better. Yeah, for sure. They've there's a good chance that ninety percent of the other matches they've had have been better than this one, and that's fine. They've had incredible matches, so that's okay. Bottom third, bottom yeah, third, it definitely bottom, bottom, definitely, definitely bottom third. But well, I uh, four and a quarter. I thought it was, you know, yeah, it was just fine. It was just there. There was parts that I really liked, but like you said, it was See, kind I of playing it, the see, hits. I, and... I, I like it a little more new. I, 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 I thought it was a very good match. I went, I did go four and a quarter on it. And I did think it was better than the Dallas match, but I, I, I don't think it was 
in the upper echelon of their matches. No, definitely. no. But but otherwise, Tanahashi's been fine, and there's just a certain level that Tanahashi is right now. I think he can he can really go in the biggest biggest moments and the biggest biggest spots, and I don't think he's really doing that in G ones anymore, and that's fine. Like he, he, I think he's been mostly okay. I can't say that I'm like salivating over any of his future matches. Like it's not like I cannot wait to see him against Jeff Cobb, but you know he's been fine. He, he's not bad. He's he's just fine. Yeah. Um, I thought the Sonata match, Sonata really ruined that. He was so sloppy. I don't know if you watched Sonata. I did. That was weird. That was strange. Because he's uh, been mostly, I thought Sonata has been mostly okay this tournament, but I don't know what the hell got into him on that night. He was just brutal. Yeah, I thought the Tanahashi-Tamatanga finish was clever in that match. I doubt you watched that. That I did not see. I'll be honest, I've skipped all of Tamatanga's G1 output, so... So Taichi is next. I think. Um, oh, you. Oh, I think I cut you off. No, you're good. I'm done. I'm done. You, you talked about you talked about evil at length. Enough. Enough. We are we done with evil? We're, we can move on. Oh, we blew right over evil. Um, as we should. As we should. But that's fine. It hasn't been as pronounced with the bullshit as I thought it was going to be because I think they're <sighs> separating the crews for the COVID. But there's still tons of bullshit and like the lights out finish. Yeah, it sucks. It's I, garbage. It's trash. Was a creative way to get around it, but it's you know it's been what evil is what we thought he was. So you know it, I don't have much more to say. Um, Taichi, I think, has been working his fucking ass off every time I watch this guy. He's out there uh, killing himself, and I think he's a guy who's probably been the most underrated wrestler in the tournament for me. How much Taichi have you watched? I've watched a decent amount. The problem is there's a lot of upcoming Taichi matches that I'm probably going to watch more because I've I've been especially in the B block. I've been skipping a lot of the the dead weight, a lot of the the you know evils and Tamatongas and those sort of things, and and some of the Chase Owens matches too. No, no offense to Chase Owens there, but uh, so I've missed some of the big Taichi matches. But I'm absolutely going to obviously watch. Okada and Tanahashi moving forward uh, with him, but I did. Which one did I see of Taichi that I really liked? Uh, well, the one I liked the best was Goto. That was it. Yep, Taichi and Goto. It's a big reason why Goto is on the top of my list too uh, of guys that I like. That was exactly it. I thought that was really, really good stuff. Easy notebook. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. hey, yeah. That was a great match. Um, we talked about Sonata already. He's got four points, and then everyone else is eliminated. Did you know that they're all out? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. they're all um, done. Because Cobb and Okada are off to such a great start, and they've beaten all these guys already. Uh, Yoshihashi, like you said, he's working hard, and I think he's been probably one of the upper half at least, right? Yeah, at least in the match. Even in the matches, like I love the Okada match. The story was just that Okada was just like, "You fucking yeah. suck, kid. <laughs> like you're garbage," and he just beat his ass. And it was and, oh, Yoshihashi did a great job of it, getting his I, ass kicked. It was awesome. Was, if that match didn't have the second Yoshihashi comeback, I would have loved it. But I thought it was too long. It, well, yeah, I, I do agree. Yeah, I wanted. I, I wouldn't have minded if Yoshihashi just got his ass kicked. You know what I mean? Had made a little comeback, and then Okada just said, "All right, we're dude, we're done here. We're done here. Put him away." And like people would see that as kind of a geek thing or whatever. But like I, I think it might be a good role for Yoshihashi, this guy that he just gets his geek. ass kicked. Yeah, he is a geek. He, right? he the first comeback was fine. I didn't think he needed a second. Comeback. I agree. I'm with and you. The problem was it was slotted as a main event, so you have to get your 25 minutes. Right. 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 And. And I mean, you don't have to, but you know that they're going to do that is what I mean by that. But I thought once Okada cut off the first comeback, I thought that was going to be the finish. And I was going to be like, this match fucking ruled. The second comeback made the, I was like, all right, we need to get this over with because Okada should not be struggling this much to put this guy away. He should have beat him after the first comeback. Um, Tamatanga, I don't think he's had any standout matches, but again, I think he's probably been a little better than I expected him to be, but I can't point to any time, probably the Tanahashi match because I really, he thought he had him beat. 
And then Tanahashi, like, uh, you know, he was setting up the gun stun, and then Tanahashi, um, what night was that? Let me find the... That one was, I can find that for you. I just watched it today. I'm blank. I watched so much stuff so quickly. I, I forget what... Uh, it was night six. There you go. You got it before I did. There you go. And then Tanahashi pinned him with the crucifix out of nowhere, and, and Tama, you know, slapping the mat because he fucking let it slip away. I thought that was a... Uh, a really cool match, especially because Tanahashi, you think he's going to beat him with the high fly flow and he misses. And then Tama like fires up and he's going to hit the gun stun and um, two, one Dodgers, by the way, I think Turner just hit a home run. There we is go. There anyone, on, is there anyone on base? No, they're showing. God damn it. Oh, they got, they, <laughs> they got me with the replay. So I'm watching on my phone as we're recording this and I'm like, really? Like you're so far ahead of me. And I'm like, Wainwright's walking off the mound and they haven't updated the score. I'm like, man, what's going on here? So nah, okay. Turner's coming up and he hit a homer earlier. So there we go. Yeah. They're yanking him. Um, anyway, Tomatonga. And then Chase Owens, I think has been working real hard. Obviously the big story is he beat Tanahashi. So he's going to get a U.S. title match, maybe in the U.S. somewhere, uh, maybe on, in Japan, who knows, but he's going to get a U.S. title match. And then Goto, who was elim- the first guy eliminated. Man, did you did you expect Hiroki Goto like just to get pulverized in the first few nights of this tournament? Man, he's got two yes, points. I did. Two points. He doesn't get pushed anymore. I fully expected. Oh he never man, gets he doesn't get pushed. He doesn't win matches. He, he did. To be fair, he had a murderous row of early guys. I mean, he had Cobb, who he was not going to beat. He had Okada, who he was not going to beat. He had Tanahashi, who he wasn't going to beat. Taichi would be the only one, but Taichi's, you know. Taichi's ahead of him now. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what I was going to say. Taichi's ahead of him now. So that kind of lets you know where Goto is right now. He beat Yoshiashi, so he's above Yoshiashi, but he's below Taichi. That's where Goto is right now. And and he'll have some interesting ones moving forward. Like, I think Chase Owens, he probably beats Chase Owens. Uh, Sonata, I think he probably loses to Sonata. And Tamatonga, I, he probably loses to Tamatonga as well. So, I mean, he yeah, these are matches... It doesn't matter, you know. The results of these don't really matter. Are, maybe, yeah. maybe he'll beat Tamatonga. Who knows? But like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I didn't expect. Look, he doesn't get pushed. He's in that stage now, where Kojima, Tenzan, and Nagata were when they were in G ones at the end, and they were going like two and seven. That's where Goto is now, and you know he might not be in many more because he's at that stage now where they're winding him down. Yeah, and. It's a shame because he's still really, really good. Like, Kojima and Nagata were still good and still are good. But physically, I think he's in even better shape than they were at the same point in their careers. Um, The story of some of his losses have been that he let it slip away. Like, Okada did, like, that sit-down capture pin on him Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where he had Okada beat. and, And so it's like... They're not embarrassing him. He's not going out there and like like end of the road tens on and just getting beaten eight minutes. He's not there yet, but he's at that stage where it's very obvious they don't consider him a. He's not a contender, and he's not someone who's going to beat the top guys. I, I so badly wish that like I know it's not hard. To, I know it's impossible to do, but people always ask me on like Q and As and like, hey, if you could do a trade or if you could move one guy to another company, I just want Goto and like Noah or something like that. You know what I mean? Like. And we're probably getting too pat too far past that point. Like we're, I, this would have been a couple years ago, yeah. but I so badly want that guy to just be like, you know what, fuck you, <laughs> just leave and go to another company and just rock for like three or four more years. You know, yeah, I that's mean, all. I, he's look, so he's good, he's great. Like it's, I, I, I feel bad. I think I think he's been a top five guy in this tournament. I think he's been really good. I mean, the Taichi match. I thought. Did you watch Goto Yoshihashi? Yes. 
I thought that was the second best match. <laughs> I don't think you're you're you're. I'm a little I'm not quite as high as you are on it. Nobody like you is. love I'm, that I'm, match. You are great. You are the one of one that lo- I mean the uh, loves that match. But I thought it was really really good. So I, I I can't I can't hate you too much for it. But I I um. What is fucking what night was that? That was that was night. Uh, Wasn't that, it was ten right? Was that the night? Yeah, was that night ten? No, yeah, no, 10. sorry, that was Chase Owens and Yoshihashi. That was no, night ten was Goto Yoshihashi. Let me. Pull that's right. Up. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. You check grapple. I, I've got cage matchup. I'll okay. Check cage. All right. So, um, now we got to close out of the. Uh, <laughs> one second, watch the playoffs here. I'm trying to. Oh, right, I, like, they, they let you know. Hold on, they let you do the little side screen thing. Okay, I'm in. All right, what is it? Day ten. So cage match is at. I'm 8. busy here. I'm watching baseball. What are you talking? So cage match is at 8.08. So it's a four-star match according to cage match. Uh, grapple, 3.78 on grapple. Fuck grapple. I went four and a half. <laughs> four and a half? You're nuts. I love that match. It is pretty awesome. I, I went four stars with it. but uh, So you're right on cage match. Yeah. Right on cage four and a half? I did. I went four. Well, okay. Here's the thing. Hey, you know what? It's your. It, sometimes a match hits you at the right time. You don't have to explain that, it. You don't have to explain your rating to me. People who listen to the audio, though, I want to. So... Really, I gave it four and a quarter. Patreon.com slash Voices Wrestling, by the way. Yes. I gave it four and a quarter, but as I explained on the audio, I was so excited about finally getting a great G1 night that I was like, fuck it. I'm bumping it to four and a half. <laughs> right. We're here. G1. Get yeah, into it. We're there. I, and I did the, get into it. This is the G1 climax. It took me 10 nights to get to that. 10 nights. Rich, I normally do that night one. It took me 10 nights to do the, this is the G1 climax into it and it was for goto yoshihashi which finally set me over the top so i threw the extra quarter star on it but yeah i think goto's been like a top five guy because you know that and the taichi match i thought were two of the best matches of the whole tournament uh and that's it g1 climax get into it get into it uh the remainder of the uh, g1 daily audio patreon.com Slash Voices of Wrestling, patreon.com slash Voice of Wrestling, Voices of Wrestling.com slash Patreon. Uh, for that, $5 tier is going to get you all of those G1 Daily Audios. Uh, usually up, what, the, the next day? About 12 hours or so after the show wraps up? Uh, like afternoon? They've been usually like afternoon-ish, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like usually, yeah, by the afternoon. Yeah, they're all out by, you know, 4 or 5 o'clock central time. So, you know, it doesn't take me that long to get them out. We haven't uh, we haven't decided what we're gonna do on uh, those final nights if if they're worthy of staying up late doing instant reaction lives or whatever. We'll we'll see when we get closer to those. Um, I don't have shit to do. So. Yeah, October twenty first. It's always up to you. Yeah. Oh, it's a Thursday. That's gonna be tough. But it's good that I say that because then people blame you. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so. I gotta drive to work. It's always up. Always up to ranch. Yeah, uh, October twenty first. Nippon Budokan. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Don't make any promises. Just. You know. We'll see. If it comes under promise, over deliver. We'll find out. G1 Daily Audio, patreon.com slash voices of wrestling. A lot of stuff up there at patreon.com slash voices of wrestling as well. The Yes Movement. I released the first episode of that a couple weeks ago. Uh, CM Punk Best in the World. That series is going on right now, looking at some great CM Punk matches. The Yes Movement is kind of an audio documentary about Brian Danielson. Uh, Daniel Bryan, especially WrestleMania 28 through WrestleMania 30, kind of the Breaking down some narratives that WWE has, has long held about the Daniel Bryan push that uh, have audio content, have written audio, have all that stuff. We, we got notes, Joe. We were there. We watched it live. We witnessed it live. And I'm not letting them stand. 
for saying this is the plan all along. It was not the plan all along. We know it. We talked about it at the time. So that's right. uh, got all that stuff. That's going to be on the Yes Movement. Uh, CM Punk Best in the World. I uh, got November to Remember hopefully coming up pretty soon. Maybe some deep dives coming up pretty soon as well. So a lot of stuff up there. Uh, Patreon.com slash Voices of Wrestling. Thursday TV reviews as well. Yes. Just did a Q&A as well yesterday. So plenty of stuff up there. $1, $5, $10 tiers. All right. So we're talking ones. You want to do N1 here? Noah's N1. Yeah, let's do the N1. Why not? Let's talk about Noah N1. Uh, first off, we should note here that if people do not know, uh, Noah, DDT, uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro, uh, what, Gambari Pro Wrestling or whatever I think is also on there. But Wrestle Universe has done a relaunch. So Wrestle Universe was the, the network of DDT, uh, eventually brought on Noah, eventually brought on Tokyo Joshi Pro. That now has gotten rebranded, Wrestle Universe. So they, they basically said if you were a, a previous subscriber to Wrestle Universe, fuck off, your subscription's done. And what they're doing now instead is you're going to sign up and you get, what, three months for free now? You get until... Until January, is they're not going to charge you until January, if I remember correctly. Is that correct? The Wrestle Universe. So you sign up for Wrestle Universe. You sign in. You got to give a credit card because they are going to charge you for one of the months. But you will get three free months for free no matter what on Wrestle Universe. So just go to Wrestle-Universe. I believe there is an English language landing page. Let me make sure. Wrestle-Universe. Dot com slash en, I believe is what it is. Let me double check. Yes, it is. So wrestle-universe.com slash en. Uh, you'll see a pop up at the bottom that says subscribe now. You know, don't pay for three months. I forget exactly the wording, but uh, yeah, a great deal. Uh, if you're interested in, in, in watching Noah, you're, we're going to talk about two of the shows right now that you can watch. I will preview a show that's coming up this weekend. Uh, we'll talk about the N1, which you can watch all there. Um, and yeah, you got Tokyo Joshi Pro as well if you want. Wrestle Princess is this weekend. That's their big show uh, that they're doing. DDT as well. We're not big on, on you know DDT. Or we're not kind of up on all of the DDT stuff, but uh, DDT is also available there. Uh, and you're going to get it for free for, for three months. So why the hell would you not do that? So... Uh, some people have asked us about retro stuff, and that's very weird, retro wrestling. So that uh, res- retro Japanese wrestling is very, very difficult. So like people are like, hey, can I watch like classic Noah matches? And the big the big answer I can give you is is probably not. You can watch matches from last year, you can watch matches from the cu- last couple years, but you cannot watch, you know, you can't go out there and watch, you know, Masawa matches from 2002. Like that's or it's just not gonna be available on on, on this service because the rights, it's it's a bigger discussion for a bigger day, but the rights to Japanese wrestling is, is a lot more difficult than it is. It, uh, it should also be noted that you're getting October, November, December for free. Yep. But they are charging your ass in January. Right, you are going to get, that's what, you got to get credit card info to sign up, and they will charge you immediately. And you can cancel in January, but to get that free three months, you have to say, I will definitely pay in January. So you're going to pay whatever, nine ninety nine or whatever it is, but you're going to get four, you know, four months out of it, basically, so... So don't watch like the N1 and then think you're slick and cancel. That's dumb because they're charging you in January regardless. Right. So just watch the shit. Keep it and watch shit for the next three months. So don't cancel it till January 30th if you want to cancel. Yeah. Watch some Wrestle Princess. Watch some Grand Square 2021 in Osaka. You know, you got some plenty of stuff you can watch there. So I won't be watching any of that, but I. (laughs) You're going to be watching Grand Square. You'll be watching Grand Square. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Grand Square. Yeah, that's a Noah show. Yeah. Um, What I'm going to do, too, is. While I have it, I'll go back and watch all the big DDT matches that I haven't seen over the course of the year. Um, I'll go watch all of that, and I'll keep up with the Noah, and then, you know, I'll make a decision at the end of January, depending how... It's really going to depend how much I'm into Noah at that time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we, we, um, we very much have been flow with, with, with Noah, but I will give them a lot of credit for how they've... You know, Wrestle Universe, I think the service is really good. 
Uh, it's always been really good, and it's even better now with this rebranded service. And Noah has just, I mean, if you were an English language viewer that's trying to get into Noah, they could not possibly make it easier anymore to do it. They have an English language landing page, like I said, an English language, you know, sign up page. So there's no like, hey, what am I signing up for? What's going on here? Like even New Japan World is kind of tricky at, at, at points to figure out if you're uh, English speaking. And then you go on and there's English commentary as well, which is very, very good English commentary uh, as well. Stuart and Mark, who I think do a very, very good job of getting you into Noah, setting up stories, knowing all the moves, knowing all the wrestlers, like really good stuff. And this is not like your low rent, crappy, thrown together English commentary team. Those guys are good. So those guys have really found their groove. Yeah. I think they're excellent and they fit the tone of the promotion because they're no nonsense, they're no frills. They call the moves. They know what's going on. And that's so important. They know what's going on. Yeah. They know the storylines. Mm-hmm. They know why this guy doesn't like this. They, 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 you will, you know, you watch a few Noah shows with those guys on the call. And if you pay attention, they'll get you all caught up. They, they're on top of it. They do a nice job. And uh, I think they've really rounded into form. And, and the site, and I, I went to the bathroom while you were talking, so I don't know what you said exactly. But the site itself is so easy to navigate. And I mean, sign up took less than 60 seconds, literally less than 60 seconds. I was, I was in and, uh, everything's laid out for you in English. It's so easy to use. It's, it's, it's like not intimidating at all. So, um, if you were looking for a way to watch Noah for free for a couple months or even DDT or the other promotions, um, yeah, this is like, it's kind of a no brainer of a deal. I mean, we're yeah, it's pretty. I mean, it's pretty. You, but you probably should just do it. You know I what mean, I mean? Like, yeah, we're getting nothing out of this. We don't have any kind of affiliate. No, deal. no, no, no. It's just, it's just a no-brainer, though. I mean, why wouldn't you? I mean, I'll absolutely email them and see if they want to do an affiliate thing. But right now, we do not. For the record, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just passing this along as yeah. listeners. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. it, if you ever, and if you wanted to sample DDT or any of those other, uh, you know, grimy offshoot promotions. I mean, you know, four months for the price of one. I mean, that's you know, absolutely. Yeah. We'll have, if you're interested in, in diving into uh, Tokyo Joshi pro as well, we will have coverage of wrestle princess too on our website as yeah. well as uh, jumping bomb audio. So yeah, even it's not Joe's bag, but uh very, very highly anticipated show. People have really getting into that show as well. So yeah, it could be a real, uh, that's, and that's for free. I mean, hell, if you've like heard of Tokyo Joshi pro and never really watched it and kind of, I mean, it's free. So you, if you pay for it, you're paying to watch this N one show that we're going to talk about that you absolutely have to watch, and this Grand Square, uh, in Osaka show, which is this weekend, which is going to be pretty cool. You got that, so yeah, fuck, watch Wrestle Princess, watch DDT, do whatever, it's free, or you already paid for it, you already paid nine dollars for it, so just do it anyway. Uh, all right, let's talk about this N one. So I have not watched all of the final show, and I've watched very little of the entire N one tournament. So before we get to the semifinals and the finals. Uh, what have you seen of the N1, and, and is there any reason for us to talk about anything leading up to this? I watched the whole show. That's number one of the final. And as far as the rest of the tournament, you know, there's only five other nights. They packed. Yeah. You had the four blocks, and there's like four guys in each block, so they really packed everything into a few. So you can get through it. I've been working my way through it, but I haven't seen everything. But I did see the entire final night. So, um as far as the block stuff that I have seen, it's the matches I've expected to land have, and the ones that I knew I wasn't going to like, I haven't. So I haven't been surprised. Just put it that way. Uh, anything else? Uh, do you want to touch on any of the matches on the tournament final, or should we just get to those semifinals and the finals? I don't know if no, anything. Let's talk about the let's talk about the three tournament matches, and then um, 
you know, and then we'll go from there. I think that's what people want to hear about. Um, Absolutely. There was some other interesting stuff on the show, but let's do the tournament stuff first. Okay, so we start off with the uh, N1 Victory 2021 uh, semifinal match here. It was Kano versus Kaito Kiyomiya. 15 minutes and 35 seconds. Kano getting the win. This match rocked. This was so good. Bell rings. Kiyomiya just lunges at Kano, and it's just like, like a fucking animal. Just ripping apart at that guy, realizing, hey, look, I probably can't last in a match against Kano. I just got to beat him as quickly as I can. I'm just going to go at him right away, right away. And that was the story of the match is Kiyomiya understanding that, fuck, I can't, I can't stand up and kick and punch with this guy, but I can be faster than him and I can just beat him as quick as possible. It doesn't work out, though. Kano ends up beating him uh, in a great, great match between these two guys. I thought this was phenomenal wrestling between these two. All right. Uh, well, this is going to be my hot take. This might be my match of the year. Match of the I, year. Wow. Okay. I love it. I don't love it match of the year much, but go ahead, man. It that, might, it might, be, I haven't decided that I got to, you know, Shingo Willow spray, you know, um, uh, Okada Willow spray. I mean, there's a lot of other great matches. I loved this match. I thought this was so great. This was everything that I want in my pro wrestling with where my tastes are currently. And the 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 pace that these two wrestled in this 15 minute match was extraordinary that's the word i would use they beat the living shit out of each other they never slowed down for a second and when you say for and not for a second the bell rang and like i said kiyomiya leaped immediately Ekino leaped at him because there's so much history between these two guys and they wrestled with hate yeah do you remember on the old PWO board? I guess it still exists, but I'm talking about the old before it was reformatted and everything. The glory days of PWO. Yeah, of course. Where yeah, yeah. Where Jane. everyone would argue with each other. Yeah, yeah. Everybody hated us, and and me, you, and Alan, and Case were the only people that liked you know any modern wrestling. Yeah, I remember we, it. We, we were no better. Everyone was bad to each other on that site, and we were all fucking assholes. And those are the days I'm talking about. <laughs> where I think I quit because one person said I think we should maybe consider Jimmy Jacobs for one of the greatest wrestlers, not as the greatest wrestler, but like one of the top 100 greatest wrestlers of all time. And I, I forget what I said, but it was some vile stuff, and I was just like, I'm done. I'm done. Jimmy <laughs> Jacobs was a big favorite over there. But my point here, <laughs> that's what I was that doing. I'm that I'm trying to get to is the point here is um a big thing that people uh, like to say on that board because you know people pick up each other's vernacular. On, on message boards and even Twitter. You know what I mean? When I, like you pick up other people's way of describing things. One thing a lot of people would say on that board is this guy wrestles with hate yeah. or this mm-hmm, match. Mm-hmm. Had I remember hate. reading that a lot on that board for sure. And, and, and you know what that means in your mind, right? It's not like, uh, and, and honestly, I think that's what's missing from the G1. Like there's no hate, right? This match had hate. You felt the hate between these two men. And they have history in the building, and you noted something. This is their, I think, fourth match. Let me think. It's definitely their third for sure. Um, it's maybe their fourth match in Cork and Hall. And you noted something. You said Kiyomiya went right on at the bell. Well, you remember in 2018, Kano, when he was the GHC champion, on you know that January 6th, that early January show they always do with Noah in that building. He beat Kiyomiya by knockout. Remember, he kicked him in the head and knocked him out. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then, exactly a year later, it's flipped. Kiyomiya is the GHC champion, and he's defending against Kano. And they had a couple matches in between, right? But we're back in Cork and Hall, and it's exactly a year later. And this time, Kiyomiya beats Kano to defend the GHC title. 
And now here we are again, back in Cork and Hall with these two in another huge match. They've had this long rivalry. Okay. There's a lot of hate and they wrestled with that hate and they went right at each other and just destroyed each other for 15 minutes. I thought this was easily the best match of Kato Kiyomiya's career. I thought this was easily the best bell-to-bell performance of Kato Kiyomiya's career. If this is what this guy is going to be, then then he could be the guy. I don't know if they think so, but he, I was so impressed with him. I love the new look, and too. Not to interrupt, I love the look. I'm gonna, You know what? I want to say one thing about that. Well, let me finish with the match. Go ahead, go I'm ahead, gonna, go ahead. Go I'm going to disagree with you. Okay, that's and fine. And we're going to argue about that. Um, but yeah, this was just an incredible display of violence and hate and history. And history in that building between these two. And just stacking that on top of one another. The work was flawless. It was vicious. It was hate-filled. And it was also... A surprise finish. I think everyone expected Kato Kiyomiya to win the match. Yeah, Kano rolls through. If, if you haven't seen this match, you know, Kiyomiya gets him in, a, in, in kind of a victory roll or whatever, and then Kano rolls through that and then hooks him and then gets the one, two, three, and then just kind of rolls out. You know what I mean? Just like a complete, like, oh my God, that's how he beat him. And which is a cool finish after a brutal match where they just kill each other. You know what I mean? And it's something just guy being a little bit better, a little bit smarter, a little bit having a little bit of leverage. That's what ends that match. It's kind of uh, pretty cool. And all of their net matches tend to be nasty like this, but this one really peaked. And um, this is just everything I love in, uh, about pro wrestling. I yeah, and I think it's – when you talk about like – and we'll talk about the main event too because I, I, I have almost exactly the same thoughts that you have about this match, about the main event. But like when we talk about, you know, hey, clap crowds and ah, the atmospheres and all that sort of stuff, did you for one second during this match care what the atmosphere was? No, it, it – Because they didn't give you I, a chance. They didn't give the crowd – New Japan – a lot of times, and it's I, it, it's I'm not trying to criticize New Japan all that much. They have a style, but their style is very much conducive to thing happens. Wait for a sec, let the crowd react, type of thing. Yeah, these guys yeah. just fucking beat that. They didn't give the crowd one second. They didn't give a shit if the crowd was clapping for them for the other guy. They didn't care about momentum. They didn't care about stomps. They didn't care. They were just beat the fuck out of each other for 15 minutes, and they doesn't. They could have done this match in front of no people, and it would have been exactly the same match. You oh, know what I mean? Listen, how many times during the pandemic have we talked about that the Noah House style is more conducive to yep. flap crowds or this no is crowds? Yet another example of it. Because they just beat the living shit out of they each other. They didn't go an extra 10 minutes either. They didn't stretch it out. Oh. You know, they could have. They absolutely could have. But so they just went 15 minutes. So the bell rang. They wanted to tear each other apart. They tore each other apart. And then one guy won. And then he whirled out of the ring. And you didn't for a second remember or think about the fact that it's in front of a clap, a half-filled clap crowd. It didn't matter. What about matter. all those, those Go Shiozaki yeah. title matches? Which were, you know, it, it's it's this this promotion is con, is more conducive to, to, to those kinds of... Uh, now, now, some of the N1 shows are no crowd. I want to warn you before you go back. I don't know if you know that. So, no crowd. I'm talking no crowd. For some reason, they went back and did some shows that didn't that that were that were no fans. But um, honestly, it doesn't bother me as much. I, the clap crowds, I think I hate more than, than the no crowds at this point. But yeah, but no, you're right. It doesn't. It's it's. You never you thought know, about it. Never once were you no. like, ah, man, in front of a whole audience, this would have been great. Like you know, you ne- you don't even have a chance to think about it because they're too busy kicking each other in the fucking no, face. They, they, all three of these matches we're going to talk about had the type of energy that I'm not just not seeing in the G1 matches. They just had a different kind of energy and they, they, they all felt like huge matches and the physicality I think is the look during the heart of the pandemic that 
we always talked about that. The physicality is what is going to help you overcome the lack of atmosphere. And man, you know, it's, it's, I know everyone, literally everyone else prefers the final and the final was great. I think in a lot of ways, this one was more physical than the final. I mean, the final had those shock, those shotgun blast kicks. I get it. And I love the final too, but man, did I, I, I loved there was this an extra I, I get I get why you did because there was an extra bit of aura and history and and yeah you I, know, I, get I love it. that stuff yeah it's, it, yeah it's it, like nerd it's awesome nerd shit it's just like yeah these guys have a history they know each other it's like you, yeah it, it's classic stuff the bell rings they just want to tear at each other because they just want to get revenge after the last time and like and then the work was great and right. they killed each other and every time we talk about every time these guys wrestle I talk about their history yeah <laughs> um, so that helps too when I'm invested in the story and people never want to admit that it fucking matters. Like to what you think of a map, the more invested you are in the story or the people, the, the more apt you're going to be to, to you're I'm going to like the match better than someone who parachutes in and has never seen these two wrestle before. Do I think this is, it would be a great match for anyone to watch. I do. I'm going to like it more than some guy who's listening to this podcast right now and says, Oh, I've never checked out Noah. It's free. Okay. I'm going to go make an account. And go watch this match that Joe's ranting and raving about. That person probably won't like it as much as me because I'm invested in the story and I'm invested in the people in it. And 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 I've watched all of their singles matches and how they've built on top of one another. But um, do I think it was still absolutely a kick-ass match that anyone will love? Yeah, I do. Um, let me see what uh, Cage Match has it at. Yeah, I don't know. Seven. I mean, okay, Bob. That's you know well over four. It's a yeah, it's a great match. Let's see with those uh, assholes on Grapple, they probably hated it. Uh, let's see, they hate everything. Grapple tends to be a little lower. <laughs> They're just a little, little, little curmudgeons. Hard mark. Whoa, are right, Joe? Are you sitting down? Uh, they must. Uh, what? What they give this one? Are you sitting down? Ah, it must be bad. What they give? It? Have you taken your pills? You, you're all good. My pills? I don't take any pills. Really. <laughs> You're healthy as an ox. I'm just kidding. I'm insinuating. <laughs> 3.82. I mean, a little, a little under four. I mean, I, that's not no, as shocking to me as you thought it was going to yeah. be. Um, no, they didn't hate it. 3.82, though? That's... Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's I think that's low, obviously. Um, But, yeah, I mean, that you know. I don't know. I I'll really tell you, it's point two better than the other match, the next match we're going to talk about, which I don't know. Oh, Nakajima Funaki. Yeah, I like that well enough. I, didn't I liked it too, but like I don't know, these are both. It's <laughs> like, way better. Like the Kano Kiyomiya match. That's what I mean. Better. Like, like you can't well, watch both those right. and go, yeah, they're about the same. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, ah, roughly the same. So no, I no 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 no. Nakajima Funaki was good. Um, I mean, I didn't rate it. I mean, if you want me to think about it and put a rating on it, I'd go like three and a half or something. Maybe a little higher. Three and three quarters. Um, but I guess we should talk about that. Yeah, let's let's talk about it. I went in thinking, ah, man, all right, well, I'll watch it because obviously I should just watch it or whatever. I fucking loved it. It was great. I love that it was eight minutes. I love that. that oh, dude, there, there's the sequence. So the, the, if people have not seen this, Funaki, Funaki basically... He's kind of outworking the guy for a little bit. He's got him in the holds. He's kind of working at a slower pace. And you're thinking, oh, all right, they're just going to do that for a little bit. And then about halfway through, they both just stand up and Funaki just starts slapping the piss out of Nakajima. 
just slaps him and slaps him and slaps him. Kind of a, you know, very much like, like you talk about the history and that sort of ambiance and all that sort of stuff. Kind of a, all right, young kid or all right, young boy or whatever. All right, yeah, you know, that it had that sort of, like you said, the hatred towards the younger wrestler. Like he's still fucking 19 years old. And Nakajima just basically rears back and kicks him in the fucking head and knocks him out and says, fuck yeah. you. <laughs> Get out of here. I'm not no fucking 21-year-old anymore, motherfucker. Yeah. I'm Katsuhiko Nakajima. He lifts. He tries to pin him. He kicks out. And then he just goes, all right, now you're fucking dead. And he puts him in a suplex and holds it and holds it and holds it. And then does a brain buster after, like, what felt like a minute of yeah. Funaki in the air. Which I'm thinking, that man's very old. You might just want to drop him down. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. don't know that we need to be holding the 52-year-old up in the air, you know, for 30 seconds before the brain buster. But it was just like, he was just like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah young boy, all right. I'm going to lift you above my head. I'm going to hold you there for 30 seconds. Then I'm going to drop it on your fucking neck. And then I'm going to pin you and get you out of my goddamn ring. I, oh, my God, I love this. Well, Funaki tore through his. He went undefeated in his block yeah. to get here too. So that's another part of it. Where Nakajima, the guy looked unbeatable throughout the tournament, and then Nakajima comes in and is getting bullied a little bit. But then, like you're saying, the finish was very definitive, and he really put him away definitively. And um, you know, I was like, wow, this is you know, we're off to a good start here. And everything I heard about the final was that it was like the greatest match ever. So I'm like, this is gonna be, you know, we're gonna, I'm just gonna. You know, we're going to come on this show and we're just going to just toss all kinds of roses at this thing. So that set up the final, which was Nakajima Kano. And yeah, it was pretty fucking great. <laughs> it was one of the loudest matches you'll hear this year. I mean, just guys just killing each other. These dudes, the bell rang and they just kicked and slapped and chopped the fuck out of each other for 20 minutes. Double knockout at one point. You're not quite sure who's going to get back up. It's just, oh man, just great. It's hard to really describe this match other than the fact that they just beat the fuck out of each other. And you would think it would get boring, and it never gets boring. You know what I mean? You would think that guys kicking each other as hard as possible, at some point that's going to get boring. No, not really. No, <laughs> it no. really didn't. It, it was 15 minutes of that. I mean, and they, they mixed it up pretty well, uh, and it didn't feel too performative in that way. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes you, you have those matches, and they'll do, you know, one thing a little too long and be a little performative. It never felt that way. It always was kind of set up pretty well. But there was also that little bit of hatred that you said, too. Where they're both well, in, yeah, because they're because, both cocky assholes. Like they're both fucking. Well, not only that, but Kano has a long rivalry with Nakajima too. They've had like three other matches that have right. ended in knockout. Yeah, they, exactly. They, these guys don't. They don't like. They went. They they wrestle until someone is dead. Right, and that's why the double knockout was such a big deal because both guys reared back. Nakajima had just reared back and knocked out, you know, Funaki a little bit earlier. Kano was obviously known to rear back and just knock a guy out. So they both do it at the same time. They both hit each other. Gruesome. It sounds like ridiculous you know what i mean like I, I legitimately thought both guys may have actually been knocked out and then they teased a double knockout in the final here because both these men after so long and it was such a grueling match both hit their big knockout blow at the same time and that was a really really cool way to do it it didn't end up being the finish and that, that you know it ended up being a pretty interesting finish with nakajima getting the win over kano uh and it wasn't it, it, it was a, a very definitive win but it wasn't like he didn't hit his move and then like put his foot on him and pin him. You know what I mean? It 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 left it a little bit open that hey, you know, Kano gave him his best, but on this night Nakajima was just a little bit better than him. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, Kano has beaten Nakajima by knockout a bunch of times, and and they've had ref stoppages in their matches, and and they usually, you know, Kano it, it's very similar to his series with with Kiyomiya. He just He's very good at being in nasty rivalries. Kano is. Yeah. He just and 
And so is Nakajima for that matter. So when these two guys get together, it's always fireworks. And it's always nasty and hard-hitting like this. And it delivered again. I mean, this was a great fucking match. This show was a great show. I mean, I, I, I don't want people to th- – but this blew away. I mean, there isn't a G1 show that's happened that is even close to this show. I mean, this was just leagues ahead of the Night 10 G1 show, which was the best G1 show, which was I thought was a really excellent show. But these three matches that we're talking about, especially – the two Kano matches are just another level of good. I mean, they're just, they're both better matches, much better matches than, than the best G1 match. And they were both on one show. And then the other semifinal was, was pretty good. And then, you know, the rest of the show didn't have anything that's going to knock your block off, but a lot of it was, was pretty damn solid too. So, I mean, this was um, a really great show and worth a watch all the way through. Uh, so they have a big show coming up this weekend. Again, if you're uh, subscribing on Wrestle University, you will get it for quote unquote free. But uh, yeah, it's a great Grand Square 2021 in Osaka. English commentary for the show, uh, as well as on October 10th. Uh, the main event is going to be Naomichi Mirafuji, who is the GHC Heavyweight Champion uh, against Nakajima. And uh, early prediction there: Do you think Nakajima beats him? I feel like probably. I'm not. I'm not on. I'm not on. You know, Noah booking as much as as I've been in the past. So I'm kinda, not. You you threw your hands with the I did, I did, I, I did. I'm back I, in I, now, but I can't definitively say that I think Nakajima's definitely going to win, but I, I I think it's a probably a pretty strong possibility. I think he should win because I think, and we've talked about this over the last year or two, you really felt like they were starting over with Nakajima. He had that first run three regimes ago where that wasn't good and didn't draw and was a business failure. And they kind of started him kind of from scratch at the bottom, and they've slowly built him up. He's won this tournament two years in a row. He'll face Marafuji here. I think he should win. I think they've properly built him back up, and now that they're under more stable ownership, I think if they put the title on him, I think this title reign will do better than the previous one, even with the handicap of COVID crowds. I think he'll draw better in COVID than he drew in his first reign without COVID. You understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I oh yeah, 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 for sure. And he feels just like so much of a bigger star than he was. Yeah, I think they've done a good job with him. I really do. Um, and and you know, I I think that when it comes to Nosawa's booking, and when it comes to Muto, like we have to address Kiyomiya. I mean, we all, everyone thought that he was going to beat his longtime rival in Kano and then win the final, and then. You know, probably beat Marafuji and then defend against Muto and finally get that elusive win back, right? I think that was the path that most people thought was going to happen. And then he gets upset in the semifinal. And it makes you wonder. I mean, he went through that period where he took all the beatings and lost all those matches and, and took the beatings and and all of that. And what the way that I read this is Muto probably wasn't willing to lose to Nakajima. Or one or Kano or any of, of these guys. We said, we said that at the time too. Yeah. So, no, that's not the case. <laughs> so they had to put it on Marafuji to get right. it. To He's, a He's a transition. He's a transitional champion. This is an old school territory era transitional champion who big man doesn't want to lose, so they have to put it on, you know, Iron Sheik has to win the title. <laughs> the title for a minute or two. Because you know Muto what I mean? Like, won't lose to anyone else except the other veteran. And it's right. like yeah. that's what I feel, but it's been so unpredictable that maybe we're going to look foolish and maybe that isn't the case. And maybe Marafuji will win. Who the fuck knows? All I know 
is Kiyomiya loses to Muto, and then it's like, oh, well, he'll get him next time. Well, he lost to him again. And then it's like, well, they're in the same block in this tournament, so he's going to get him this time. Well, they go to a draw. And then it's like, well, okay, he's showing <laughs> progress against Muto. He's going to win the tournament, though. He's going to win the tournament because he, he won the block. And then he loses in the se- – it's like you keep telling yourself that now – It's all part of the plan. Uh, everything's plan. coming into place. Everything's coming into place. Here's the next thing. All right, the next thing didn't happen. Well, that's still part of the plan. Okay, well, the part of the plan. Like... So now he's 0-2-1 against Muto. <laughs> right, he, right. he loses here to Cano and, 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 and doesn't win the tournament as expected. And this is what we've been talking about with this. Now, even if he does beat Muto eventually – does it mean as much now after, you know, losing to him or after not being able to beat him so many times in a row? And that's the big question. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. Um, you know, I, I I understand the idea or at least what we think the idea is. Pay your dues. Take your beatings. You weren't champ under our regime, so we don't count it. We're We're breaking you down to build you back up like we did with Nakajima. And... Then when we finally pull the trigger, the people are going to be ready for it. And we're going to get you over better than, than ever before because you really weren't over the first time around. They rushed it. I get all that. I'm just not 100% confident they're actually going to do it. Yeah, That's, the, that's my issue with it. I'm skeptical, and I'm keeping it at arm's length. And, you know, and you mentioned his gear before. You know, to me, it's, it's like modeled after Muto to some extent. And that's really just making him more of Muto's bitch. Like now he's wearing Muto patterns and colors and where before he was kind of modeled after Misawa, very clearly, you know, uh, copying Misawa's look and colors and, and, you know, the symbolic idea of I'm the new ace, I'm the new Misawa. And then now it's like he's sort of converted to Muto and it's like, okay, this guy beat you like a drum and now you're going to like cosplay him as well. Why don't you just let him fuck your wife while you're at it? Like, like, what's next here? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, that's why I yeah, I, I think it's a good look in a vacuum, but I, I totally well, understand what cool. you're saying. I, yeah, I, I, I totally thing. get what you're saying. Is that it, it does it does have a very like Muto 2000 look to him, and that I don't know. Yeah, that that I, I I'm with you. I'm with you. I agree with you. It looks cool. I don't like what it represents. Like, what the fuck was wrong with? with modeling yourself after Masawa. This is pro wrestling Noah. This isn't New Japan. This isn't Muto's failed All Japan with the bear. This isn't fucking Muto's failed Wrestle 1 and the trail of failed promotions that he's left in his wake over the last... This is Noah. This is the house that Misawa built. Why can't this guy be... Mo- What's wrong with, with trying to fucking pattern Misawa? He's got to pattern the guy who he can't beat. To me, it's 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 fucking makes him look weak. I don't know, Rich. I'm not confident here. And you know, maybe he will beat Muta at some point. Maybe he'll beat him. But what is it gonna mean? It, it probably won't matter at that point. Yeah. What's it gonna mean? You know. So I don't know. And and it, and it really rubs me the wrong way that Muto couldn't lose to one. He's got to lose to Marafuji. Mm-hmm. Is that, you know, that... that yeah, it was screen- pretty fun to hear people pretend that, like, Marifuji was, like, actually... And we'll find out. We'll find out. Like you said, it, we will... 
we will be proven right or we'll just be completely just perplexed by Nosawa again. But like, yeah, if, if Nakajima goes in there and beats him, it will be very clear what this entire reign was about uh, for Mirafuji. And it, it, it feels very hollow and feels very much like, all right, look, if you don't want to do business, pal, like, what are you doing here? You, you know, what, I'm not it, convinced this guy has a plan. No, it's I'm Nosawa. <laughs> like people have this idea that he's sitting there in front of a whiteboard, a bunch of post-it notes yeah. and going, ah, all right, here's my two year plan. It's no sour run guy. <laughs> like, you know, I think they put the belt on Muto and signed him to that two year deal to try to generate a little buzz. Sure. Of course they did. And then the only way to get out of it, because Muto won't lose to anybody, was to yeah. Put who it on do you Mara who will you lose to, Muto? Who will you lose to? And 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 Mirafuji must have been on one of the yeah. few people on that list. And they said, all right, fine, Mirafuji. Well, who else has he lost to? It's obviously <laughs> right. I was gonna say it's not really a huge <laughs> list of guys. So you know, and it's a bad enough look that Kiyomiya struggles to beat this broken down fifty five year old man that is booked like fucking Superman for some reason, and it's just. I don't know. I thought he's, we he's very popular, Joe. Uh, I just have no way of proving that he's very popular, and all I know is that many companies have died yeah. with him at the head. But I, he's very popular, I'm sure. You're a lot harder on it than I am, that's for sure. <laughs> um, you're a lot harder on him than I am. I, I, I don't, I don't like it either. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I'm not convinced there's a plan here. And if it is planned, it might end up being a shitty one. It's very risky. All I'm saying is it's risky. I'm not even saying it can't work. I'm just saying it's risky. And you're running a risk here. Um, you know, at some point, the kid's got to start winning some matches. And and, uh, and and it's like, you can't keep telling me, oh, well, be patient. It's too soon. When when everyone keeps saying, oh, well, now is the time he's going to win. Well, <laughs> right, right. You either think this is what it's No, no, start. it's all the plan. He's going to do this. And then it doesn't happen. Oh, no, 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 that's not the plan. No, I didn't say that was the plan plan. It's part of the plan. Okay, yeah, all right. I, what are you we know, doing it, it's... it's uh, you know, well, so, Joe, he's got a big opportunity at Grand Square 2021 in Osaka because he is yeah. on the other side of the ring. Him and Kano, uh, Keito Kiyomi and Kano are teaming to face Keiji Muto and Kazushi Sakuraba. So he's got so a great what, opportunity to get the win here. I'm sure it's going to happen. So Would it shock you at all if Muto no. beat <laughs> <in this> No. <laughs> if he gets a shining wizard and pins this guy, no, it would not. It would not at all. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess we'll see. I mean, if Kiyomiya beats him in a tag then that tells you they're doing the traditional thing where you get your big scalp in the tag first. Mm -hmm. Cause he just got the draw in the tournament. So now he'll beat him in a tag and then it's like, okay, well now he's ready to beat him in a single, but see that's traditional booking. And, <laughs> and this and, is no sour run guy. So, and it makes sense. And every time we thought that this was going to make sense throughout this whole process, it hasn't. So I don't fucking know. I mean, that's what, you know, Baba would have done. You know, Baba would have done the draw and then had him beat him in the tag and then he beats him in the single, right? I mean, that's – I don't fucking know what this guy's going to do. So I don't know if he knows either. So I really – I'm not convinced he has a plan. I, <laughs> and I that's like fine. It's okay to just say – and that's the thing too. I don't think you and I really care. I mean, it's not that big of a deal if he just – if Nosawa has no fucking plan. I'm and not he has, invested in the success of Noah, no. Yeah, it's like whatever. I don't care. It's fine. But like, yeah, you can't just pretend it's part of his master plan. And he's just stroking his chin going, aha, it's all it's all falling into place. Aha. You know, as he strokes a cat uh, like in his giant chair going, aha, yes. Here's my, right. my three-year plan with Kiyomiya. Everything's working out perfectly. All right. Well, if Kiyomiya pins Muto in this match, will you say that? Okay. No. <laughs> Who knows? That's, see, I, I think. I think if Kiyomiya beats Muto in this match, then that's the fall. Kiyomiya beats Muto. Not he beats Sakuraba. Not Kano beats somebody. If Kiyomiya beats Muto in this match, 
following the draw that we just saw, I will believe that the wrong guy has a plan. How about that? Okay, fair enough. And then I'll be the one to get burned when Kiyomiya does <laughs> the next Of course, yeah. <laughs> when Mudo strokes that uh, the Fu Manchu, and uh, I don't know, I don't know, brother. But that'll look like it's a not going to work for me, brother. <laughs> that'll look like traditional pro sure, booking sure, at that sure, point. Sure, sure, sure. Which and Nosawa, the question is well known for. So. And I do think they've done a good job with Nakajima. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. So whether you know you got to give him credit, whether you think it's intentional or otherwise, I think they've done. I think they did what they had to do with him because he, did, you know, they, and I think it worked out. But anyway, let's move on. So uh, GHC Junior Heavyweight Championship, I believe for the first time ever, Hayata facing Daisuke Harada. Is that correct? All right. So I want to tell you how this came <laughs> because um, it is good. the first time these men have ever faced each other in it for the GHC Junior I Heavyweight. I think I would here. remember how many matches. No, probably seventy at this point. Yeah. So. So Hayata comes in as champ. What they did was kind of creative on the show, though. They had a tag match, Harada and Miyawaki versus Hayata and Ogawa. They did a double pin in the match. So then they, Harada was like, no, fuck that. Let's have another, let's have a singles match. Yeah. So then they had us, and then it didn't last long. And then, you know, this was all just to heat up the um, the title match on this show. So, yeah, this is, this is Rattels, the former Rattels and all that, and, the endless junior stinger, former Rattel guys. And it's just, it is what it is. And no one really, it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme, um, but it's impossible to be invested in it or care. So, so I should be fair. These men have only faced each other for the GHC junior heavyweight title once. And that was in 2018. They have, however, faced each other for the IPW junior heavyweight title twice over the last two years. So, yes. Uh, and this will be their seventh singles match. All right, eight, six singles match since 2018, seventh overall between. Or no, sorry, Osaka Pro Erasure. No, oh my God, they have so many matches in Osaka Pro. Never mind, it's the 17th uh, match between these two men. But uh, in Noah, yeah, all singles matches. The 17th singles match between these two guys, uh, but the seventh in, uh, in 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 Noah. So. Uh, all right, so we'll move on here to uh, Segura, Fujita, Kendo Kashin versus Funaki, Tanaka, and uh, Mochizuki. So just a bunch of guys. Who yeah, a bunch of old dudes doing stuff with their yeah. crews. So, you know, I don't know. A bunch of guys that lost in the N1. Yeah, yep. so skip the junior tag. Yeah, is there? Oh, sorry. Yeah, go. Uh, that's Katoge and Ohara, junior, junior tag titles against uh, Nosawa and Eita. Eita wrestled on the. Um... And one show a singles match he beat he beat Katoge so that's and he and he really got over it seemed like he really got over as much as you can think someone gets over without a um, audible crowd and 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 he looked good and he wrestled confident so he got the singles win over Katoge and now he'll team with uh, with the Booker man and go for the tag team. Oh, he's got a good chance. He's got a good chance of winning this year. And Booker Man obviously loves Ata, and and of course he yeah. would because they're just absolute grimers, yeah. grimiest of grimes. And Ata Ata fits like a glove in Noah. So um, and we got some undercard stuff. We got yeah. Do you want to talk about? It? We're, we're we're running a little long. Do you want to talk about the undercard stuff or? Joshinari Ogawa and Saiki Yoshioka versus uh, Yohei and Katero Suzuki. Um, and this again, these are just going to be the prelim matches basically Masakitamiya and Junta Miyawaki versus Manabu Soya and Aleha and then uh, King Tani that's Taniguchi mm-hmm. Muhammad Yone and Akatoshi Saito uh, against Tarasuke Heo and Neo 
And then uh, Daike Anaba, who finally is out from the fucking cobwebs, he was he wrestled in the tournament. Yeah, I was like, I, that was a name. I was like, oh yeah, right, <laughs> that man exists. Okay, cool. He had pretty. The stuff I've seen has been pretty good. I haven't seen all three of his matches yet, but and uh, he'll team with Kai Fujimura, and they'll take on uh, Kenya Okada and Yasutaka Yano, and what undoubtedly, well, I think it'll be the opener, but but uh, but who knows? So that show is on the. The 10th, on the 10th. Yeah. Uh, Again, like it's on Russell Universe, so if you're paying for it, watch those. You're going to want to watch those N1 matches. That's all I'm telling you. Pay the $9, get it for free for a while, and then watch this Grand Square match because it looks pretty fun. Those top, uh, at least Mirafuji and Nakajima sounds great. Um, And yeah, Hayata and Harada might be pretty good. The junior tag sounds okay, but yeah, I don't know. It's not a super loaded card, but I I think that main event will be absolutely worth it. Well, Inaba was in the block with Mochizuki and Kano, so those are matches that you know I want you, mm-hmm. you go out of your way. The, the Kendo Kashin match, I <laughs> don't know if I'll sit through that one. I think but, I'm going to uh, skip that one too. Yeah, I think, but, uh, I think I'll let yeah, that one go. The big Noah show. I think I think I think Nakajima will win, but trying to predict what this guy's going to do with his booking is like, you know, it's it's a losing battle. Yeah, you probably shouldn't do throwing that. darts at a fucking. Yeah, you probably, you probably should not spend time doing that. All right, uh, real quickly, I just want to touch on this uh, a, a bit. But uh, uh, Jesse Collins wrote a great article for our website uh, this week, VoicesOfWrestling.com, uh, about the AEW versus WWE ticket sales and 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 some great stuff uh, from WrestleTix, a, a very great website as well at WrestleTix. Uh, they're also on Patreon as well, uh, covering kind of this, just the changing of the guard here with AEW. Seemingly doing a lot better job at, in certain markets of, of moving tickets than WWE, and I thought the I don't want to get into a huge debate about this, and obviously we're late in the show, but I this was very telling. And this is as of October second here for people that do not know about this, uh, the UBS Arena in Long Island, uh, Belmont Park in Long Island, is going to have both shows, both Raw and Dynamite, pretty close to each other. Raw is on November 29th, Dynamite is on December eighth. They are setting up Raw for 7,234 tickets. Again, this data is from WrestleTix. They have sold 38% of those tickets as of October 2nd. 2,737 of those, okay? Dynamite, which is on the 8th, December 8th, they are setting up for 9,699 seats, and they have already sold 7,318. They have sold more tickets than WWE has set up for 75% capacity already for the UBS Arena in Long Island. For December 8th, Dynamite. Yeah, they've sold more tickets than WWE is offering. That should not be happening, right? In the same building a week apart. This is not. I mean, that this. Th- and, I mean, not, and, and same show comps, Raw and Dynamite. Right, that's what we're saying. It's not, It's not. you know. House show. And- right, it's Raw. It's the flagship show of WWE, and it's the flagship show of AEW. Head-to-head in the same arena within weeks of each other, both in the holiday seasons, both, you know what I mean? Like, you can't say, like, well, ah, well, November 29th, that's, like, the big shop, you know, the shopping season. Okay, December 8th, that's, that's, the, that's the holiday season as well. Like, that's a big part of it. So, I'm just, I mean, there was a lot of numbers out there, and there was a lot of, you know, buildings where you're like, oh, that's kind of interesting, that's kind of interesting. This one was like, whoa, well, this is nuts. what I say a month ago on this show, New York is AEW's town now. Yep. Look at that market. Orange Cassidy waltzed in there. Moon walked in. They, they, they drew a great crowd in Newark, and then a week later, beat the living shit out of WWE head to head. And remember, WWE booked that MSG show to to as a counter move. Remember, there was a concert there that got canceled or something, and then McMahon slipped in. I forget the exact timeline or whatever. 
and Arthur Ashe beat the living shit out of MSG. They lied up to 14,000 tickets in MSG, which is humiliating. It's embarrassing to have to lie up to 14,000 tickets in MSG while AEW drew 20,000 or 19,9, whatever it was, whatever the final number was, and filled up Arthur Ashe across town. Okay, so they draw well in Newark. A week later, they still managed to kick WWE's ass, MSG versus Arthur Ashe. And now in the same building, a week apart, comparable ticket prices, Raw versus Dynamite, AEW's whooping their ass. It is their market. The New York market is now AEW's market. And that is fucking surreal. It is amazing. I can't believe it. Yeah, I just, it should not be happening. I can't believe it's happening and it's somehow happening. It's, it's wild. And if you believe that house shows are the first indicator of what's to come, then, you know, this all lines up with one company and one show feeling hot and the other not feeling so hot in a lot of ways. Okay. And, you know, Vince McMahon always used to believe that the house shows tell the tale. The house shows tell you what's over and yeah, what who's over, what's over. Yeah. Are we hot? Are we not hot? Who's over? What's over? What's not over? And this is this is head to head, and they're just kicking their ass again in their backyard, in their market, and that should not happen. It cannot happen, but it is happening, and it's crazy. But and, and if you also believe in the theory that New York is one of the cities that's ahead of the curve and what's and what is hot and what is going to uh, be next, New York traditionally has been, and they are clearly and firmly behind AEW more so than they're behind WWE, despite the fucking 60 year head start. It's yeah. remarkable. It's crazy. It's, it does it's not got to be sense. embarrassing. If you're, if you're WWE, I mean, that has to be two million. That's crisis mode. If that's happening this early into AEW's career lifespan, two and a half years versus 50 years. Right. I mean, it, it just cannot happen, but it's been years of abuse mm-hmm. and neglect and shitty shows and, you know, it, it, at least with the house shows, it's coming home to roost right there in their backyard in, in a town where, you know, they already took over Chicago. Now they own New York. You know, they're going to win on the West Coast when they get a chance with, you know, you just get the, the idea that, you know, the Bucks and, 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 and so many of the so much of the AW roster having roots in California that they're going to do well out there when they oh, finally yeah. are yeah. able to get there. Um, they obviously do well in Vegas already, you know, and, and, and WWE still has a few markets where they they're winning head to head. Houston's the one that immediately pops into my yeah. head mm-hmm. where they beat AEW's ass in Houston. Um, so, you know, it, it's, uh, it, yeah, this is, it's, 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 it, it, this all happened while you were in the woods and I'm sure you were shocked to come back out of the woods and see that this was happening in this building, in that market. That's just crazy. Yeah, but like I said, Jesse did a great job on the website uh, covering a few of the other ones that are, that are pretty notable, but this is, the, this is the flashing light, shining light, symbol, arrow, whatever you want to say. I mean, it is just wild that that's happening. So we'll, we'll see how, the t- how it ends up going. But yeah, as of October 2nd, Dynamite selling more tickets than WWE uh, Raw is set up for in the same arena, you know, a week or two apart is, is wild. 
Yeah. Uh, GCW, big weekend coming up for them as well. October 9th, October 10th, they're running back-to-back Saturday and Sunday in Atlantic City. The the 9th is the big show here. Fight Club, Mox versus Gage. That's your main event, GCW world title. John Moxley versus Nick Gage. Been built up for a very long time between these two. Really came to a head at WrestleMania weekend. Uh, now coming, you know, finally here, October 9th. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think this goes to, to, to Gage? Or do you think Moxley wins it? Or are you just going to watch it and, and enjoy it? Well, this is the show where... Mick Foley's presenting the title to the winner. Oh, that's right. That's correct. Yeah, I forgot to note that. I mean, um, I don't know. I mean, you put it back on. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, how can you? We talked about no sour. Yeah, it probably doesn't Brent matter. Yeah, it doesn't really I mean, matter. Yeah, but I mean, it'll be cool. It'll be cool as fuck. The, the bottom line is, is um, the you know they don't. It's a poorly booked promotion, except for the very top. They've done a great job at the top of their card with their world title. The whole Matt Cardona thing was a stroke of brilliance and worked to perfection. And they're kind of cycling out of it just as Cardona is getting a little long in the tooth and annoying. So the timing is perfect for that. And you get Moxley back in the mix and you do the Moxley gauge match now. They've done a great job with the top of their card. There's no question about it. Uh, down card, there's obviously zero booking effort put into anything. Um, you know, you'll do the the Effie Cardona match will be the second biggest match on the show. Where Effie, you know, he beat Cardona for that internet title on the previous weekend. Um, they've got Minoru Suzuki coming back in for this weekend as well on the next night to wrestle Janela. I watched the homicide match. I guess I'm not going to be a popular person at all this week. Cause I, people loved it. I, I thought it was fine, but here's the caveat. I think the Suzuki homicide match probably was way better live than it was on the stream. That's number one because of the whole aura and everything. And number two, I was never a big homicide guy. Like even in peak ROH. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you too. There was a lot. There's a lot of people that like love homicide, and I think he's good. Like I enjoyed homicide, but there's people that like love love homicide. And even even when I was going to Ring of Honor shows, I was like, yeah, he's all right. You know, he was my least favorite big time ROH guy. I think. Well, I don't know. Is that true? What about um? No, probably, probably BJ no. Whitmer. There, BJ Whitmer exists. And they were big. I'm talking about main eventers. So oh, like, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he just wasn't my thing. I don't know. I was just never into homicide. But there was definitely a buzz and an excitement anytime he had a big match. That was for oh, sure. Oh, scre- yeah, when it was a big-time match and that screeching beginning of that song, I mean, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. And there's no doubt that this Suzuki match, I, you know, you could feel it through the fucking stream that people yeah. were just, mm-hmm. you know. But um, So he'll wrestle Janela, Suzuki will, on the, uh, on the next day, the show. That's uh, called the Aftermath. That's on the 10th. That's on Sunday, yeah. Yeah, but... Um, you know, so look, yeah, they're they're gonna draw big crowds again. They're doing a great job. They they have cultivated a fan base that just eats that shit up. It's a it's a wrestling crowd that doesn't give a shit really. They're about seeing like great work rate or anything. They're there to have a good time and get drunk and watch people just you know maim each other in death matches and and do a lot of spots in the undercard stuff. And then uh, you know uh, see all their. Uh, top guys at the top of the card with their aura, the, your Nick gauges and your, and you know, Moxley's obviously an enormous star and, and uh, do their thing. And, and they're just, they're hot right now. They're yeah. You got to give them credit. Like it's, it's not, it, it we're, we're a couple years into it and it, it's not slowing down. You know what I mean? Like this, no. it's, it's they're they're and they're smart and they understand and they're always ready for kind of the next group. And like, it's going to come, it's going to come like it comes for every other wrestling company where eventually they just lose their touch and they don't quite have it. But right now they fucking got it. So keep no, they're it. peaking and they're peaking right now. You feel yeah. like this is really the peak. And, um, you know, it's not, it's not my kind of indie. I mean, I wish something would emerge. That's more my style. Um, I, I can't, 
I watch these shows. I try. I just the undercards are rough. I will say that the um, the last show, that show I was just talking about, was probably their best top to bottom lineup that they had. Um, and 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 the matches that I saw, I was in and out of it. Were 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 decent, um, you know, by their standards. But a lot of their undercards, even when the matchups look good, it's just sloppy and it comes across unprofessional. And it's all the issues that that we've talked about a million times. I think bringing in Prazak and Lenny Leonard is has helped a ton with the presentation because they're professionals. They're professionals. They're not cursing at you. They're not treating it like it's a fucking joke. Or a yeah, party. Lenny Leonard has, doesn't tell me to suck his fucking dick, which is is, is a positive. If you don't uh, like this match, you can suck my fucking dick. Like, there's none of that bullshit that you get with fucking Kevin Gill and all these other guys. So I think that that's really helped the presentation. Um, it still comes across as like what I like to call a dirtbag indie. Yeah, which is fine, but they own it. You know what I mean? Like that's fine. Yeah, they it's do own it's it. absolutely what the niche is, and that's what people are going to the show to watch. A dirtbag right. indie. Their fan base wants that. And that's fine. That's cool. But yeah, people get upset that we don't like the dirtbag indie as much. And it's like, I just want to watch like wrestling nerd indie. That was my favorite yeah. indie. And that's yes. fine. Like you like dirtbag indie? I like wrestling nerd indie. You, you know? I'm going back and, and watching these old Ring of Honor things for the, the yes movement and yeah. and I'm like, oh my God, this is why I love Ring of Honor so much. There's so many things that I'm like, oh, they're so nerdy. And I fucking love it. You got Chris Lovey on commentary, the uh, very, uh, very Jimmy Bauer sounding Chris Lovey, who just like, he's such a fucking dork. And I love it so much. Rico Potter's so great. Yeah. And when I say dirtbag Andy, I don't even mean it in a disparaging no, way. No, 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 no. You understand what I mean when I say that. It's like, um, it's, they, it, it's supposed to be rough around the edges. They don't want it to be a slick production. They, you know, it, it, their fans don't care. Their fans prefer it that way. They want it to be, uh, uh, you know, they don't, you know. It's a, yeah, if they it, came to town and they had a huge lighting grid and a giant video board or whatever, it would suck. You know what I mean? It would lose some of its aura and appeal. It's hard for me to articulate, but I think you understand what I mean. I get it. That. Yeah, I don't know if people are going to take it the wrong way, but no, Dirtbag Indie is the best way to do it. And Dirtbag in the best way possible. Like, you, you, I, you on your worst day, like when you're just like, fuck it. I don't give a shit what other people think about me. I'm just going to have, I'm just going to do what I'm going to do today. You know what I mean? That's fine. You know, and that's what, that's what GCW is. They just come out there and they say, fuck off. We don't care. Whatever. We're just going to do it. And that's what they do. Yeah, and I mean, I, I don't have a use for the death matches or any of that. It does nothing for me, and, and you know, but but you know, you gotta give them credit for their success. And these, this is gonna be a huge show. And there's gonna be another huge weekend. I will say, I'll be I'll be attending a GCW show pretty soon here. Nick Gage Invitational coming to Chicago, and that looks. Uh... And listen, that's the other thing we always say. We've both been to Game Changer shows, and we always have a great time. Great life, yeah. It's. I like it a lot better live than I do on. You know, I it, I struggle with it on the streams. I I struggle with it. It's just because a lot of it's bad. You know, and 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 a lot of it is not what I want out of my wrestling. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to watch guys throw each other through light. It does nothing for me. The death matches do not. G Raver going through light tubes. Does <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't I, need to see G Raver bleed all over the place. That's yeah, it's just you know, Alex Cologne. They say he's a great death match wrestler. I'll take your word for it. I, I okay, but it's just not for me. But live, anytime I've been to a game changer show, I've I've had a great time, and I think that is where they've really found something and, and, and why they've been so successful. Oh, it's a cool, it's like an, it's an atmosphere onto itself. I mean, the matches are are almost sometimes secondary to just being there in that crowd and being with people, you know, you know, it's just, yeah. Yeah. So, um, those are, I wonder, is this at the, the summit park district again? I cannot believe this like towns park district lets them run the show. 
And I'm bringing in a lot of big stars. I mean, they're booking Minoru Suzuki. This is like his third show or yeah, something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mick Foley. I mean, Moxley, obviously, he's a maniac. He'll work anywhere. Um, uh, you know, he replaced Kingston at Defy the other night. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, I did and, see. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's coming back. He's going to wrestle uh, one of those AAW guys. I can't remember which one. Um, it's neither here nor there. But, um, you know, so Game Changer, they, you know, they had Taiji Ishimori on their last show. Right. <laughs> yeah. PCO coming back. PCO coming back as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, you know, um, I'll, I'll try to, I'll definitely try to watch Moxley engage. Um, and I'll try to watch as much of these as I can. I mean, you know, Sunday I'm watching football. I'm not, you know, I'm not watching Alice Cologne. <laughs> you're not, you're not dusting that. it off for Tony Deppard versus Dante Leon. So. No, I mean, I'm watching football on Sunday. But, uh, you know, on Alex on, Zane versus Starboy Charlie, you're not going to yeah, pause the game to. I know what that's going to be. I don't think I need to see that. But, um, you know, but Saturday I'll try to catch as much of it as I can. Absolutely. So. Yeah, it sounds great. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't have much going on Saturday either, so I'll try to check it out. Uh, as well, Sunday I will be at a uh, professional baseball game, so I will be uh, watching that instead of uh, GCW The Aftermath. So, um, real quickly, uh, MLW Fightland that is airing tomorrow, October 7th, on Vice as well, MLW's new. Uh, uh, Vice program title for title Jacob Fatu Alex Hammerstone it feels like they've been building up for about two years because they actually have been building up I think for about a year uh, plus you also have the Opera Cup uh, opening round Tom Lawler versus Davey Richards let's go Bobby Fish versus Lee Moriarty Calvin Tankman versus Matt Cross TJP versus Alex Shelley those sound phenomenal yeah I've been reviewing MLW on Thursday TV reviews and I've gone over all this that tournament looks great on paper but MLW and you gotta like, be careful with MLW yeah the best every, every best possible scenario it's always they always somehow get the worst possible scenario out of every single matchup so yeah yeah gotta I be mean, careful with them TJP Davey Richards was pretty good on Fusion a couple of weeks yeah, ago yeah I feel like it's tough to fuck up Tom Lawler and Davey Richards but we'll, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening there but I don't know how much of this is actually gonna air on the show cause it's all been taped already right Right, I, I don't know that for sure. Yeah, we we uh, I think they're gonna send us a screener, but yeah, as of right now, I do not know that. Well, I mean, they offered, but it's on tomorrow. I mean, I don't right, know. there's not a whole lot of time to, to, just to gonna, screen it. I'm probably yeah. just gonna wait. But uh, yeah. uh, Myron Reed, Aramis, Arez, Tajiri, yes, for MLW World Heavyweight. Oh, I already know the result of that. Shit, yeah, I Tajiri guess. wins the title. Yeah, he does. Now. He does. That's that's right. crazy talk. That's just why are you doing that? <laughs> they, they think that Tajiri is something more than Tajiri is, I guess, these days. Getting. Yeah, they I don't know. I, no. I don't think they, know I don't think they do. Yeah. Los Parks, 515, 12 Man Survival, and then Holly uh, Devers and Nicole Savoy, which I don't think uh, ends. I think Nicole had an injury or something like that. So, yeah. But anyway, you got Fatu, Hammerstone, Uppercut. So we'll see what Sounds this fight show looks like tomorrow, and then we'll see what kind of ratings it's going to do by fr- on Friday. Yeah, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. going to be interesting to see where they are, where Vice and MLW is in comparison to Axis and Impact, and kind of see where that starting point is, and see how much of a player they're going to be here. Yeah, I think it's a great spot for them, and I think it's a great spot for any wrestling company right now. But that's with that being said, I don't know what the, we'll see. We'll find out. Well, if did it's a great you see spot. Thurston? Thurston got a hold of their numbers from BN. Oh, I did and not see that. No, he hasn't. He's got the data as of this live show. He hasn't done anything with it yet, but I'm real curious to see how many viewers they were doing. He's got the English and the Spanish version. Ooh, that's going to be. So we'll, and then so then we'll be able to compare what they were doing on BN versus what they're going to do on Vice. Right. And I think the important part about Vice is they're not doing stuff on YouTube anymore, right? 
Okay, so they sort of. Put, it's very confusing. <laughs> they, they pulled everything off of YouTube and then they mysteriously put everything back on YouTube. Okay. Which Brandon Thurston speculates that maybe they had some deals cooking for that content that that, that mm, somebody it, was going to bring them up on their streaming and then, and then it, it didn't, didn't happen. Yeah. And then they put everything back on YouTube. So, okay. Um, you know who knows? Yeah. As far as them uploading new stuff, I have no idea about that. But we'll, we'll have to find. Out. I thought that it were exclusive on Vice for now and not because I've I've always watched MLW on YouTube. I never once watched them yes. on BN. But um, well, I think Fusion. I think they're still going to have Fusion on YouTube. But this uh, but Fightland or whatever will be. It's going to be Vice. I think they haven't been clear on that. So. Well, they did have a show today on YouTube. They had a fusion on Yeah, Fusion I, Fusion Alpha. <laughs> which... Fusion Alpha, yeah. So I think and and so maybe I don't know. It's just it, it hasn't been clear. I guess we'll find out by next week. I will find out by next week for sure. But uh that's that for this episode of the Voice of Wrestling flagship. Uh patreon.com slash voices of wrestling, voices of wrestling.com, also voices of wrestling.com slash discord. We've had a huge spike in people joining on Discord, mostly when when Facebook was down for that day, we told people, hey, fuck this shit. You know, maybe Twitter will go down and go on to Discord. A lot of people did. Uh, great place to go for a wrestling discussion. Voicesofwrestling.com slash Discord. Uh, at Voices Wrestling on Twitter, but don't do that. Just log off of Twitter and never get back on. Anyway, for Joe Lanza, I'm Rich Creech. We'll talk to you next time on the Voice Wrestling Flagship Podcast. Take care. <laughs>